I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 43. Thank you all for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. We are so excited that you are joining us as we talk all things. This episode, Bravo TV. We got a big Bravo TV lineup uh, for this episode and got a lot of thoughts as we always do. But before we get into all of that, uh, be sure if you're wherever you are listening to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, please leave us a rating or a review. It is really, really helpful to us when you do that because it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more people. And it is a big gesture that you can give us if you will leave a rating or review. Um, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, be sure to also follow us across our social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and uh, threads, where we are posting content every day, including clips from the podcast and just funny stuff that we're thinking about or, or talking about or some of our instant thoughts on the things that we're watching that is across our social media platforms. Be sure to go follow us on there. Um, also, another way you can support us is by buying merchandise over at againisnb.threadless.com. We have six different designs over there that you can get on a variety of different items, including T-shirts, mugs, towels, um, blankets, various other items, uh, anything that almost anything you could possibly think of. And there are so many cool designs there. uh, And you can get that now at againisnb.threadless.com. You can also submit questions to us if you want to know our thoughts on just about anything. Um, we could answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Uh, and you can send that to us across our social media or at againisnb at gmail.com. So now that that is all out of the way, everything is clear on deck. What do we have on store for this episode, babe, in terms of lineup? Well, we don't have Drag Race for once. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think we've had, um, I think there was like two weeks in between. Um, Drag Race season 15 and All Stars. Right. Um, so we've had a couple episodes that have had no no Drag Race, but well, and then obviously where we have the split episodes for the week, but oh boy, it, it's it's weird not having anything on. And like we may not even get any drag race for like a month, month yeah, we, and a half. We, we still, still haven't don't heard have, anything about Canada or UK or anything. I mean, of that. theoretically, Canada and UK will be out in the fall. Um, that's where it was last year. Um, and like based on when they did the casting and all that for Canada, um, we should theoretically be getting an announcement this month. Here's hoping. Um, I mean, (laughs) it's hard to, it's hard to predict. And also the way that I know, like everyone in Bravo land has been antsy about trailers lately and stuff's coming out. So. Yeah, there's a lot, you know, but we can only cross our fingers. Well, and speaking of Bravo Land, we should be getting a trailer and a, well, we have a date for Salt Lake City. Possibly, based off of what Whitney Rose said on her Instagram. Right. Um, That has not been confirmed by Bravo yet, but we should be getting a trailer here soon um, for Salt Lake City. Um, We should also theoretically be getting... Beverly, no, Beverly Hills just got finished filming. There's plenty, and then there's also like Married to Medicine. There's plenty of stuff in the Yeah, pipeline. there's Married to Medicine. There's uh, Dubai should be soon, season two of Dubai. Um, so we, we've got some stuff coming in Bravo land as well. But as for this episode, oh, before we get to this episode, I also wanted to make a statement that um, we would like 
to review um, some of the uh, queer media that is out there right now. Um, but in solidarity with the SAG-AFTRA and right. Writers Guild strike, we will not be reviewing any of those obvious things until a uh, agreement is reached between the studios. Which and I hear there's like a tentative. Or I, I don't. I, the process seems so insane and like. Yeah. You know. Well, the thing is, is that there's some. There are some points that have been agreed upon. Um, but like you said, they were tentative and until everything is actually signed on paper, those tentative things are just hopes and dreams are just hopes and dreams and fairy dust. So, um, until everything is, uh, contracted and signed, um, we, we don't have anything. Um, but we are excited that, uh, as soon as those agreements are reached, we will be able to review um, the obvious things. We're not even going to mention those things. Um, but we support our writers. We support yes. our actors. Um, pay your artists, people. Anyway, now for this week. Um, we're going to talk about the next episode of this uh, lovely trip to the Hamptons in New York. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, especially the fact that we're starting off with uh, Jenna trying, well, not really trying to sneak back in after leaving the night before, Sure, but like uh, there's some tension there. We'll get to it. Um, we're also going to talk about, speaking of tension, we're going to talk about um, the extension of the, the whole Shannon thing from last week on Orange County. Yeah, another really good episode of Orange County this week with a lot of good tension and awkward drama and uh-huh. fun stuff. So. I mean, it wouldn't be Orange County without awkward drama. <laughs> but first, before we get to any of that, let's talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, it's a new episode of Atlanta for this week. Um, I kind of... Okay, so I feel like we've been kind of in a rut. Not a rut with Atlanta, I think... You know, we've been opinionated on in many senses. I don't think it's as bad as certain people have been letting on necessarily. In ter- like, yeah, at, at least I'm invested. If if it's not for like you know, per reasons that are you know really infuriating at the end of the day, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I there were a couple moments not fully, but like there were a couple moments where I was kind of like morphing on. I think the the whole this whole Drew kissing Latoya thing like helped change not change opinions but like made me side with certain different people at least for this episode not in the large scale but like i don't know i just why are we making storylines about outing people that well, aren't ready to it, that, i mean that's atlanta <laughs> that's a, they have they do have that tendency and i feel like that's gonna get I'm sure we're going to get a moment at the reunion where they kind of like really we're doing this again and it's not and to me it's like it's more the sense of like, I don't understand. I don't get Drew's indignation over this. Well, I mean, it, the first thing is it's a storyline that's several years old. Sure. I mean, we we've talked about this before. It's come up before. At like, I don't understand why it's come up again as if it's new information. Yeah. I mean, that has been the the running thing this season is old stuff is brought up as if it's new. We've got the whole Marlo's cousin nephew thing 
that's two years old. We've got this thing with Drew that is two years old. Like, what are we yeah. going to bring? What else are we going to bring in that's two years old? Like, where do we get new content? That's true. I, I agree with, I definitely agree on that part. We had a whole freaking scene about trying to make people relevant that are no longer relevant to sure. the show when we have the, the OG dinner which wasn't even all the OGs, and we're not even going to give the the other OG and um, Miss Queen that she sat down with. Miss Queen. <laughs> um, any actual airtime, because fuck them for them, like, clout tra- uh, chasing, like, become relevant some other way. Sure. Because you are no longer relevant um, when it comes to uh, Atlanta. Well, let's start Let's start this episode of Atlanta. So we see Candy leaving uh, the trip to go to her concerts that she's doing. Um, and then the, we go to the next morning. And, and um, Moneta is coming in to check on Kenya. Um, Kenya jokes in her confessional that now this is the two times she's been in an ambulance that she thinks someone's put roots on her. And... Uh, it's giving very Miami. I think so once. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, and the producer asks, who do you think it was? And she goes, mumble and Marla, the witch doctor. And she goes, mumble, 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 break your back. <laughs> it was good. Kenya, Kenya, this was kind of Kenya's episode in many ways. I, I, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what she was bringing. Candy apparently called Kenya like heated after the whole fight um, that we saw that ended last episode about like oh they're calling me a liar this and that and then we see footage that that from Kenya's phone of Candy in her room basically like I'm calling Cynthia and like I'm calling Shamia and like we're like I, y'all corroborating the story because I am not being called a liar right now <laughs> I appreciated it a lot of her just being like you know. No, the, I, you're not. And Candy keeps saying, like, you're not going to make me not see what I saw. Right. Like, bottom line. Um, Kenya also says, like, I saw on the Bolo trip Drew and Latoya this close to each other's faces and they were moving their heads. So they like they made out like it was very obvious to me that they made out. I may yeah. not have seen lip touch lip, but it's clear that what was happening. Yeah. Um, Moneta says that Moneta then tells Kenya that Marlo sent the video footage that she recorded to LaToya, who then sent that, that video footage back to Drew. And basically, because LaToya's like, why the fuck are you talking shit on me or whatever mm-hmm. um, stuff. Um, so that, at that point, basically, Drew then calls LaToya, and we see footage of her calling her to sort of like get her to basically be like, no, we didn't make out. And then LaToya apparently then later called Candy, to quote unquote clear her name and basically be like, no, I never said, you know, we never made out or whatever. And Kenya's like, he, I, and and it's like, yeah, Kenya's like the only the only problem with that is you're literally on video saying you two made out. Yeah, you went to the reunion and basically said it. Like, what's with this revisionist history? It's just the whole thing is so, like like I mentioned though. It's like, why does it matter? Why like? I, Marlo even says it later, which is just like, girl, like we've literally all made out with each other. We've had like how many mo- moments on this fucking show have we like, you know, you know, kissed on each other or done more than that, you know, to a certain extent. Who cares? Like, it's just I don't get it. Um, <laughs> Marlo in her confessional says Drew might have paid Toya. She might have a cash after and something and be like, just don't admit that we kissed. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, uh, we, oh, and then there's the clip from Marlo's phone of Drew basically saying, like, talking about, like, well, LaToya said this. And Drew's like, but LaToya lies a lot. And it's like, 
okay, but she's being honest. Like, if Latoya is just this massive liar, then like, what? It, when is she lying and when is she telling the truth? Right at that point, she's not like we can't trust her, no matter what she says. So we should just disregard what she says. Yeah, but that in that clip, Marlo sent to Latoya, so I understand Latoya is probably pissed about that. We go to Drew and Sheree chatting in the lobby, which I don't know what Drew was thinking, confiding in Sheree about this. Girl. Of all the fucking people on this cast, you're confiding with Sheree? Yeah. It's like, here, bone collector, let me hand you a bone. Well, also the one who we just got in the fight with how many episodes on the start of this fucking trip. Like, yeah. you've had, a, you've never been good with Sheree. I don't get it. Um, so Drew shows the text that Latoya sent her basically because Drew is basically like, did we ever kiss? And Drew and Latoya says no or whatever. Um, Drew's like, well, Mar clearly Marlo's apology was fake. Like you were acting thirsty recording me and, you know, sending it out and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I could have told you it was fake. Like, 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 yeah. like, but honestly, like, we'll, we'll get to it. I don't even think it's the biggest I'm, I'm, I've been so anti Marlo this season, like across the board. Is it the biggest deal that Marlo, I mean, you know, is it shady that Marlo sent the video? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't think, what would you expect? I don't like, that's where I was like, in the same way, I'm like, why are you confiding in Sheree here? It's like, why are you saying all this with Marlo there? You know, you can't trust her. Yeah. I mean, Drew basically later in the episode is basically like, I know this now, but it's like, you should have known it beforehand. Well, I mean, it's not like she has had great sense of um, character uh, when choosing people to trust and who not to trust, mm -hmm. considering who she's married to. Considering who she put a ring on, yeah. Um, Sheree in her confessional goes, really? Girl, we're on a reality show and you're mad someone's filming you? And so, but that's the other thing too, and we'll get to it, we'll probably get to it later with the Moneta aspect of this, mm -hmm. which is that Kenya said on the after show that they were told by producers to film. So that's interesting, which I believe because we've seen it on housewives. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when typically when cameras go down, someone will pull up a, a, their iPhone or whatever, just so you, because you want to have that right. you know, ability to get every moment that you can get. Well, and it also gives like a, a um, housewives after dark, housewives after hours sort of thing, right? And it it feels a little bit um, less produced and less all of that. Like it just feels more natural and more relaxed, which I appreciate. Like they they've done that shit before on several other like iterations of Housewives, so I get it. Yeah, but I I'm interested in Kenya saying. Well, production told us to pick up... Is the people that do the after show not the same production company? I don't, I'd have to double check. Maybe it's Bravo that does that, does the after show. Because if, because if it was the same production company, the way that the after show is set up, they're either talking to each other, right, right if there's a group, but Kenya is doing the after show by herself. So all of her things have been talking to the producer behind the camera. Right. So why would she not say, if it was the same production company, why would she not say, you guys well, you guys told us to film? I think it's probably different. I, I think it, it might be a different uh, company in that regard. But I also think, well, I was trying to, in the rewatch day, I was trying to decipher that. Because when Kenya said, we watched the episode and then we watched the episode afterwards and Kenya said that. And I was like, 
But how does this part make sense? It makes sense more on the rewatch when I right. watched it. Um, but we'll, again, we'll, we'll get to it more, I think, when Magneta gets pulled into this, kind of. So Sheree basically tells Drew all the people that Candy had called to verify. Like, she called Kenya, mm-hmm. she called Cynthia, Shamia, all that. And she was like, Kenya wasn't even downstairs that night. And we see the footage of Kenya literally walking downstairs as Latoya and uh, Drew are on the couch together. You see, she was downstairs, but you couldn't notice that because you were sucking face. Yeah, it's a little distracting. And then, but immediately, Charade jumping in goes, Well, that's your other friend, Kenya, saying that stuff. Like, I'm seeing the fissure, you know, because she wants peace and healing, right? Uh huh. Um, and she's like, Healing. And, we, we want hills. There you go. And Drew's like, Well, I guess we're learning a lot. And uh, basically, you know, and Drew told on herself with this. I don't know what Drew was thinking when she goes, Us- I mean, usually what Candy says is golden up until when she decided to lie on me. Yeah, Drew. So shouldn't that say something? She Candy is a, a hundred, 99.99999% truth teller. Just this one thing she is lying about. Yeah, that seems likely. Yeah. And then Sheree's like, well, what's, what would, what's the motivation? Well, that's the thing. Sheree's also like, what's the purpose of Candy lying? And Drew, Drew pulling this out of her ass being like, I mean, she just casted me in that movie. Maybe she wants to like warm me up to the idea of kissing girls. You should have workshopped that, Drew. Like, I've been loving Drew this season, but it's like, this is the Drew I did not like. <laughs> Where it's like. I mean, it would make, like, the only argument that would have made sense here is if it, she was like, well, she just casted me in this movie, and the movie's going to come out about the time that the season airs. Sure. Oh, oh and so, so it's, it's like, advertisement for that the hon- movie. Yeah, that honestly would have been better. That would have made way more sense than this. That makes sense. Yeah. But this was like, but even then, that's like a level of, like, maniacal like manipulation that yeah. candy just doesn't do I, no one believes that like like that's it's like you're going when you're go, that's the thing when you're going up against candy in this yeah like it's you that's not gonna like be, she's like the paragon of honesty on housewives honestly. like what like <laughs> yeah for sure drew's like you know at the end of the day if we don't end up working together i'll be okay and if we don't end up being friends i'll be fine it's like okay drew um <laughs> We go back to Kenya and Moneta, and Kenya's like, you know, if I was Drew, I would be pissed at Marlo. I tried to tell you guys that she was a snake in the grass and, like, to not trust her ass in terms of all that. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So then Moneta says that when Candy left, Marlo and Sheree, she's, she's like, Marlo and Sheree were basically on Courtney at that point. And I'm assuming when Drew left as well. That they were on Courtney saying, like, we have your back, you have ours, like, sort of, vo- that, like, almost being, like, getting, like, getting the alliance together, so mm-hmm. to speak. And Moneta Mal- basically says that Marlo told Courtney to watch out for her cousin. They keep saying her cousin, but it's, I mean, cousin-in-law, but. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, do you want to talk about this? Yes, I do. I, yeah. Somebody on Twitter um, this week said that um, the way that Courtney is acting uh, is more like she used to be a side piece of Ralph's and not... Yeah, you said that there was a clip... They said that there was, like, a clip of, like, when when Cor- Courtney comes in when the, with the scene where Drew finds out that she's going to be in Candace's concert, where, like, it looks like she's, like, like, 
they're kind of too touchy feely. Yes, there is. Um, there's an episode. Um, when Courtney and her baby daddy come to right. Drew's house, uh, be- towards the beginning of the season, um, and she swats his hand away because he almost touched her butt. You know, and if you look at their connection, when she describes how they're related, she says, and I quote, that my dad's sister is Ralph's great aunt. Not my dad is Ralph's great uncle. Which would be the same. Which would be we are blood related. Yeah. Instead, it's my dad's sister is Ralph's great aunt, which means that my dad's sister's husband is blood relation. Yeah. So there's no blood relation here. Y'all done fucked before. How long is uh, is Courtney... When was the Has, last time Courtney was in the Tampa area? Um, <laughs> Did Courtney used to live in Tampa? When was you, that a thing? Honestly, I can believe it all because when you broke down that Allison Drew thing like a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I can, I can believe it. There's some... Mm-hmm. There's some weirdness happening. Um, Kenya. So after Monietta tells uh, uh, about how the gr- they were trying to get Courtney together to sort of go after them, Mar- Kenya in her confessional <laughs> doing her Courtney impression. Courtney like really isn't the smartest. <laughs> so like when Sharia Marlowe and Sanya were like teaming up on her, Courtney was like just giving in. Um, She's so Valley Girl. It's so perfect. I love, I love so much that like, we'll get to it later. Where it's just like Kenya's, just like fuck her. Like, like I like she. No one fucks with her. Like, bye. Oh God! Now that I've made the Valley Girl connection, it's like one more step to go. She's just Housewives. Stacy Dash. Uh, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, oh my god! Um, they get on the bus uh, to go to the sound bath that they're um, that they're going to. Drew talks about how you know Marlo needs the most healing. I hope she hears all the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kenya in her confessional: I've never done a sound bath before. I rarely take baths, but wait, that's not the same thing. <laughs> it's like no, Kenya. <laughs> no, that's not. It's not, <laughs> girl. Oh, and then, oh, so Courtney, this, this, Courtney, I'm sure getting ready, like, the hours before this episode air was, like, so, I'm sure she got, like, a block party together to just be, like, everybody, this is my moment, this is my episode where I take it to Kenya, and so, like, she clearly was thinking this was gonna be her, like, I get my peach moment, which, by the way, some people, I saw a couple comments being, like, ooh, Courtney kind of ate this episode. We'll get into it when, like, we'll actually break it down. She didn't. I'm sorry. Just because she was loud and just because she, you know, had her prepared lines to, like, shade someone doesn't mean that, like, she actually has any substance beyond trying to start shit. Um, But uh, Kenya is talking about, you know, I'm glad that I'm back on the trip, you know, after the fall and stuff like that. She's like, yeah, they said no broken bones. They, I just had trauma or whatever. And Courtney and her confessor goes, trauma? More like drama. We know Kenyan, Kenya loves to make a mountain out of a molehill. And everyone on Twitter was like, of all people, to, 
talk about another person making a mountain out of a molehill. You literally started your time on this show fighting with Candy over literally nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. That you completely manufactured. And now you're fighting with Kenya over literally nothing. So, like, what... Like, this is the second time that you've been mad at her for slipping and falling? Yeah. It's like... What? Projection. Like, like what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Kenya asked Monyet at one point to rap, I guess, because she used to... She was a DJ, I think, uh, mm-hmm. at one point. And it was pretty decent, but then Sheree and her confessional, because Sheree and Monyet clearly don't fuck with each other, Sheree goes, please stick to dancing, because that rap was wiggity, wiggity, whack. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sheree. What do you do successfully? Uh-huh. Quickly. At, at least her face is settled. It's not as wiggity wiggy wacky as it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, it looked we- like a shiny Halloween mask, like one of those plastic like form masks that you just like. We'll get not in Atlanta, but we'll get to something later in the episode in this podcast episode where I I'll give Sheree a pass on on the on how scary her uh, new face was because there's a face later that's. Um, they decide, so I forgot at some point they go in like separate cars. Like they're in a, they're in the sprinter van together, but then they have to go in separate cars. I think it's because of the hills or whatever. Um, they they were hilling, hilling. (laughs) Um, Kenya's talking to Drew and Manetta and Kenya's like, Courtney has like a sour face. And Drew's like, yeah, things were kind of like cold with me and her this morning, kind of validating the whole, like they prepped Courtney last night. And so now, now suddenly she's like real cold to me for some reason. For, like, no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, they meet up with Frank and Gita, uh, who are the sound healers. Um, uh, and they basically, like, it, this was better than the OC one. It's better than E. Well, yeah, well, that or the one, I was, like, the one where Shannon got injured, quote, oh, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was hitting each other with mallets. Um, but... So they go into the sound bath. They do the kind of like um, they start the thing or whatever. And we see these like crossfades and stuff like that to see like what everyone's like, you know, thinking about in this sort of like Zen place. Like Sheree's thinking about Mecca and being grandmother and stuff like that. Not the location, her grandchild. No, her grandchild. <laughs> um, Sonya's talking about the issues that she's having with her sister and, and that stuff. Drew's talking about the issues with Ralph and, and, and all that. Kenya's thinking about Brooklyn a lot and wanting to have another baby. And then we just go to Marlo and she's just like, I'm, and Marlo's basically just fantasizing about Scott Lee. He's like, I just want to rub on his skin and him feed me lobster and oxtail. And I'm like, which is revisionist history because she then later says that she was asleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, it's so like, <sighs> I just don't see the, Everything she says and does is shallow. It'd be one thing if, she, like, if 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 you were gonna make something up in this moment for production's sake to like push and for us to be endeared to you, do about the do it about the boys. Yeah, do it about like the nephews. I don't know. Well, she ha- she she played that storyline is done. That storyline is done. That was last season. Yeah, um, Drew. They all sort of come back up. Um, Drew, Drew says that, you know, I saw like an image of like my husband and my kids and they were like waiting for me basically. And Marla goes, Drew, Ralph in the confessional, Drew, Ralph is not waiting for you. He's out in Vegas on the strip with the girl he was with, mm-hmm. which not wrong. Um, Kenya is getting emotional though. Cause they're, they're like, okay, let's do like a five minute meditation afterwards. Um, and 
um, Kenya's starting to cry a little bit and is getting emotional. Um, the girls ask if she's okay, but she's like, I'll talk about it later. But then we see her as they're leaving. She goes up to Gita, one of the sound healers and kind of breaks down like, you know, very intensely about like, you know, she talks about like, you know, I didn't know what I did to deserve Brooklyn and like, you know, being so happy about being a mother, but also wanting to help. Like she says something about, she was like, I want to help more people. And I think what she means by that is like either through adoption or through giving birth. Like mm-hmm. she wants another child for Brooklyn and it's really emotional. And, and I would say real in many senses, like mm-hmm. you could feel the genuine emotion from it. Um, Marlo, like you mentioned, Marlo said that she it was like the best sleep she ever got. She felt like she was in heaven. And then she tells her confessional that she doesn't sleep at night anymore because of the home invasion that it's like triggering to her in that regard. Um, they all decide to, so they sit down to eat lunch or whatever. Sheree makes this comment about, um, cause she was like, you know, I've been doing this, do this trip, to, you know, to do all this holistic stuff to help with my fibroids and, and all this stuff. And I talked to a doctor who was basically like, you know, do you know any witches? And she was like, I know a couple bitches. I don't know any witches. And they have a good laugh, but like right here, do you know anything about fibroids? Uh, no. No. <laughs> you can, can you figure something out? Uh, like maybe some, um, mint is good for, for pain. <laughs> um, like heating pads. Other than that, speak to an OBGYN. Yeah. That, Just cause I'm a witch doesn't mean I don't do doctors. I'm all, here's the thing. I'm all for, I'm iffy on the idea of holistic medicine in certain realms. Like, I think it works in certain cases, like certain things like fibroids. I'm like. And like, you know, it's like I like there is um, a lot of times people turn to witchcraft and magic as a cure all, as an answer to get away from Western stuff. But it's not like most like real witches that are actually out there practicing witchcraft. We have a saying that says mundane over magical. Mm. Which means that most things have a regular, everyday, non-witchy explanation. Yeah. And that usually things have a normal, mundane, non-witchy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, if you are experiencing fibroids, maybe go to the doctor and do what they tell you to do. Now, if those things are not working, or if you want to supplement those things, then you can add in things like essential oils and things like that, because those can help even if they only help marginally, right? right? But they're not going to cure things. Because Sheree keeps saying she's doing it to avoid surgery. Like, she doesn't... And it's like... uh Okay, but like, sticking a needle in your neck is not going to help your your fibroid go away. It's just, it's not. It's yeah. not, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It might make you feel better, but it's not going to make it go away. You need to have the surgery, sweetie. Yeah. Um, Drew starts pouring wa- what she thinks is water from this, like, giant mug, and it's very, like, murky, and they're like, what, is that water? That looks like that flit water. And they're like, no, it's, no, it's wine. <laughs> like, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, they're talking about the night before. There's a water into wine miracle joke yeah. there in somewhere. Um, they're talking about the night before Sheree. Uh, so Sheree is saying that, like, and everyone kind of agrees, I guess this is what happened, that Candy basically started the conversation 
the night before and basically insinuate like there was some girl on girl people didn't want to talk about and everyone's like who and she was like drew which i think can if i remember correctly i think candy validated that that's what happened which i'm like okay candy that is slightly messy that you were the one that like kind of introduced it into the conversation but yeah but again candy has talked about how she brought it up when she thought cameras were down that's and that's true like that I've, yeah, I remember that. She was like, it's one thing to say that when cameras are down, but now that when like there's that arg- like that argument element, it's like... And then when she said, I thought cameras were down, okay, so what about production telling them to pick up their cell phones? So at that point, did they tell individuals privately to film or did they have a blanket statement that they made to all the girls, hey, you should be filming? Well, also, I think did she- Candy think, oh... Well, this is us controlling what production gets. So if we want something to not be aired, we can edit the video before we send it to producers. Sure. But I think, so I think Moneta kind of answers that question. But before that, so Marlo brings up, Marlo brings up, yeah, so I sent LaToya the video or whatever. Like, at least she's honest about that. Like, like not having to have someone else bring it up in the conversation. And they show the text that she sent LaToya and it reads, I hate the bitch lying on you, but she spelled lying L I E I N G. Mm-hmm. I know Kenya was like dragging her on life for that. Um, Drew's like telling Marla, like, well, clearly you're so invested. And Marla's like, you know, it's important to know if there's like a liar in the group at the end of the day. And Marla, Marla points out at this point that Manetta also recorded. And Manetta's like, yeah, I recorded. But when the other girls were saying no cameras, then I turned it off. So I think what happened was they, I think they give them a blanket. So if, in my understanding, I think they give them a blanket, like, hey, can some of you make sure to film this? Because you don't want everyone filming, right? Because right. then it's like eight people with iPhones pointed at each other, and that's stupid. Right. Well, and I think it's also not a make sure to get everything. It's more of a, hey, like, make sure that while you're hanging out, you take some cute little videos that we can use. And instead of make sure everything like it's not like cameras are up it's so, like but i think that's sort of i think it's a blatant thing they tell a blanket thing that they tell them anytime this kind of a situation happens right. where they're all still together in the group but they have to put cameras down right so i think that's what happened i think at a certain point drew or somebody else or whoever it was was like hey guys let's put all the cameras down when right. production was gone and Manya was like okay and obliged and marlo didn't right which Fine. I. I mean, honestly, I don't. Eh. I do. Because I do mind to a certain. Yeah. That's that's not okay. Like when people are expecting a certain level of privacy, and that plus we don't know what the laws are in Portugal about like consent uh, for filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, I know that in the states there are different laws per state. I like, wonder they have if they have stuff written in the contracts though. Of like even if this even if production is down, I don't know that they could legally do that mm-hmm. because cast members are not part of production. That's true. We're learning a lot with this strike and stuff like that of who, who right <laughs> like who classifies right. under what and like what right. rules are for yeah that's fair. Um, uh, Drew's like that's between me and Candy. I'm trying to figure out why you inserted yourself. And Marla goes, "Shade, fun shade," <laughs> which I was like, "Okay, good." Um, and then Drew's like, "I'm telling you this right now," and like slams her hand on the table in like emphasis. And Marla goes, "Oh, shake the table, bitch." <laughs> 
And then Drew goes, I will flip the table on you, bitch. Don't try me. <laughs> Which I, I, I always hate when you're like trying to be mad about something and people are doing jokey joke shit. Uh, and I'm Marlo like, does I'm that, not joking, bitch. Marlo does that this, this whole episode, by the way. I know. It's irritating. But I know that that clip of Drew saying, I will flip the table. I, as soon as she said, I'm like, they're going to use this against Drew. They're going to use this against Drew and they're going to make it seem like, well, you called Marlo aggressive and beat the bomb, but you're saying you would flip the table. On. I know that's exactly what's going to yep. happen. Mark my mark, words. Mark it down now. Eamon has predicted. Drew goes, why don't you worry about getting your case expunged? Focus on those dead, <laughs> focus on those dead hair follicles that you can't get to grow back. <laughs> it was so good. Drew was just like, like hitting it. And at one point, Drew goes, it's giving obsessed. And Marla goes, it's giving a liar. Well, and in a world where we have, um, uh, where we have like the temporary tattoos for edges, there's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> like you could just temporary tattoo on some edges. It's fine. Uh, this, this part though was kind of confusing and I was confused at Marlo, but sort of like what happened later, I was sort of on her side. Drew goes, what's your career? And Marlo goes, same as your husband. We're both in technology. And I was like, one, why, Marlo, you're in technology? I thought you were in fashion. Right. This, the continuation of we don't know what the fuck Marlo does for a living. Right. Well, I don't think Marlo knows what the fuck Marlo does for a living. Sure. But then Drew goes, like, so you want to talk about my husband? And with what plays on, I didn't see why this was a big deal on Marlo, like, like on Drew's end. Yeah. Of like why she was so offended by this. The only way it would make sense is if we had something that was cut out of the middle of this. Sure. And I wouldn't put it past production, but it's not what it looked like. There was no obvious cuts no. in there. So like it's it's a little confusing. I would like some clarity from Drew. Because it on this. can't just be this. Right. Not this. <laughs> um, <laughs> the girls start chanting as they're fighting the chant that they were doing in the sound. I am loving awareness. I'm like trying to break the mood. Kenya at one point goes, um, so I would like to raise my hand. I have a question. And Trey goes, your honor. <laughs> <laughs> Kenya then asks Courtney. So Courtney, is there anything you want to tell Drew about what was said to you last night? And <laughs> so, so Courtney, can you please explain to um, the cast here why you is a trick ass bitch? <laughs> right. But so, but this was so like Courtney played herself and and played everybody because then she goes because can you ask if there's anything you want to tell drew about what you said last night and courtney goes no i don't because i can sit here and have a conversation and hear everybody and be accountable for what i said what so like at so this point you don't want to tell anybody what you said because you can be accountable for what you, what but that that's she told on herself because at this point kenya has kenya or Manetta hasn't even laid out the whole collusion aspect right right but, they, but courtney is like immediately having an answer for it and copping to it what you don't even know what kenya's talking about right so but you already have the answer prepared uh-huh it's it's very. Uh, are you seeing the parallels between the way that she communicates and the way that Raquel communicates? Very. It's very. Ooh. Manetta talks about how talks about what happened. Basically, said that she witnessed a collusion, and then and then uh, Sonya's like, no, 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 that's not what happened. Sonya confessional. Ain't no Donald Trumps over here, baby. Check yourself. 
Which they all are like, I, I don't know if Magneto can even define collusion and Drew reads the definition, uh, the Merriam-Webster definition or whatever. I mean, it was accurate. Yeah. Kenya starts basically saying what she was told, right, from Magneto, like laying it out. And Courtney interrupts and goes, were you there? And Kenya's like, can you calm down? <laughs> like, like Kenya goes, can, so if you can shut up for a second so you can hear. And Courtney goes, what are you going to do about it? And Kenya literally is just like, Girl, I'm not going to like, like, she's like, I'm not going to fight you. Like, I'm not going to like, what? <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. I'm a pageant queen. Like, yeah. what do you want from me? But it's like, Courtney's looking for the reaction, right? She's looking for yeah. that, that moment. And then, and you know this, because Courtney then goes, learn from karma. Uh, what? So she's now like, she's like, now I'm going to hit, hit on that. And Quinya says something about like, I am the moment, her like quote. And Courtney goes, you are the moment of ass busting because of your fucked up funky energy. And then Kenya's like, oh, you hear that shit? Like talking about my fall and shit like that, which I love. Cause I love that. Like Courtney's like, well, I'm going to bring this out that I had this private conversation, you know, with Drew or whatever about, you know, karma and all that stuff because I need Kenya to hear it so we can have this fight. Yeah. Like, that's what it is at the end of the day. Sheree's like, you all, got, you all are freaking embarrassments and, like, leaves the table upset and, like, crying about her trip being, like, ruined because they're all, they had this beautiful sound bath and now they're ruining the moment or whatever. <laughs> Kenya, Kenya going, this cuckoo bird wants to make fun of me falling and nearly paralyzing myself. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay. Look, is Kenya a little bit dramatic? Yeah. But I mean, like, I get it. Like, we didn't know what happened to Kenya. That's the point. Like, we didn't know how serious it was. True. So, so Courtney saying that in that moment was fucked up. Right. Like, you know. But Kenya being dramatic and being over the top is why she is amazing television. Oh, yeah. That's why we love her. Mm. Drew goes, watch out for the snake among us. Watch your phones. Watch what you say and watch what you do. And it was given very, hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> Kenya's like, your cousin's the snake. And Drew's like, but who's her puppeteer? And Kenya's like, I think Courtney is similar to Pinocchio, voice and all. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a good graphic there of like, like her with strings on it. It would have been perfect. Well, and also just while she's talking, her nose just growing. Yeah. Drew is then pulls Courtney aside at one point to be like, look, Marlo and, and you know, she's doing all this shady shit and all that. And Courtney's like, Magneta was filming too. And Courtney in her confessional was like, it's a double standard, it, you know, et cetera. You know, you're fine with Magneta, but not with Marlo. And I love, I love the way they edited it like it was shady that Magneta said this, but they go to Magneta's confessional and she, the producer asks, what's the difference between you filming and, and Marlo filming? And Magneta goes, there isn't a difference between me filming and, Mar and Marlo filming. The issue is Marlo took that footage and sent it to LaToya. Right. That's the difference, which I agree. Like, but also when you add the element that they were told to film. Like if you, like if you get rid of the element of they were told to film actually, and just uh, within the, within kayfabe, right? Right. Cause it's basically kayfabe within the universe of the show. They're just filming to memorialize, right. right? They're just filming because, oh, this is fun. This is a kiki. This is a moment we want to remember and cherish for years to come. Right. Fine. Whatever. At that point, there is no difference. But 
she's correct. It would be completely inappropriate to then share that video with someone who was not at that event. Yeah. Without the permission of everyone there. Um, Sonia is, Sonia wants to have her moment now of being like, well, I'm the fair friend, right? So I'm going to tell Marla what she did was wrong. So she's like, I, I didn't think you should have recorded and sent it to Latoya because it just elevated things. And Marla immediately goes, oh, I'm going to post everything. <laughs> Sonia, are you learning now that there's no, re- like she's tried, I will say this. Sonia has tried to have a couple moments this season where she tries to reason with Marlo in some form or fashion, right? Oh, yeah. And But doing it like gra- gracefully enough to like protect her feelings and all that stuff. But every time Sonia a, does it. A, a level of care and carefulness that she has not used right. with Candy or Kenya or Drew. Yeah. And it's like, but it's one thing to do that. Every single time, Marlo immediately shuts it down. Right. And then you just wither. And then, you know, and so it's like, that's, girl, at a certain point, you got to put your foot down. Right. Um, they all drive. Oh, well, the, she puts her foot down all the time, but it's with Candy and, and Kenya, Kenya and Drew. Yeah. Like. Exactly. They drive to, back to the resort. No one's talking in the, in the Sprinter van, basically, but they all go to their rooms. Um, they're getting ready to sort of uh, go to dinner. I thought this was really sweet. Kenya was FaceTiming Brooklyn at one point mm-hmm. and would be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, not having the best time. I'm, I'm, you know, I think I'm ready to come home. And she's like, well, why? <laughs> and Kenya's like, you know, some people just say mean stuff sometimes. It's a, I thought it was a really sweet moment. And I actually mm-hmm. thought it was, I love the way Kenya parents. Yeah. And I love that sort of like open dialogue. Mm-hmm. In a way, because Kenya's talked about her, you know, the issues with her mother and stuff like that. And I could, so I think I could really see in that moment her wanting to be something different. Right. And it's like, I'm going to confide in my child about everything and like be open and talk about feelings and talk about. Right. Because she, she talks to Brooklyn like she's a person. Yeah. And that is, that is something that a lot of people don't do with kids is they talk to them like they're kids. They talk to them like they're stupid, like they have no idea what's going on. But like kids understand, they just don't have the language to explain it. So when you explain... And can speak it in their language. speak it in a language that they can understand, they then gain that language. Yeah. And then have a way to convey when they are upset. And so now in the future, if Brooklyn ever deals with you know shady ass bitches mm-hmm. on the playground yeah she can call her mom and go you know i really am feeling like i need to come home some people are just really mean today yeah. and and she has that language oh now. brooklyn's gonna control that playground oh you know you, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be out there on the playground like uh uh, uh what is it um gone with the wind fabulous twirling all oh, over yeah. the place it's 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 gonna be so good um some of the girls are pre-gaming separately marla sanya and courtney are together in, the, in their room and mm. then kenya manetta drew and sheree um are by a bar kenya's saying like courtney is just like yapping the whole time being like you weren't there you weren't there and doing she's like and she was doing like weird stuff with her hands and stuff. like i love just every time kenya's just mocking courtney's it's so good aura and Kenya's like, she was just looking for a reason to fight with me, which, yeah. Uh-huh. And Sheree in her confessional is like talking about my, Kenya ta- bringing up the whole Moneta conclusion stuff. She's like, why is Kenya acting like she was there when she wasn't? And I was like, hold up one second. I fully remember last episode at the lunch 
last week, you brought up Candy saying and scene about Drew when you weren't there for that, mm-hmm. Sheree. Because if memory serves, Drew gets up and leaves. Sheree gets up and follows her. Yeah. And then Candy says, and scene. Right. So Sheree. How that make sense? Hmm. Um, Sanya is saying, like, you know, Sanya is, like, really upset about the whole, like, collusion thing. And that, you know, you know, Moneta probably brought it back to Kenya wrong or whatever. There was no collusion and there was no alliance. And I love them being so upset about this. Sanya is so offended about the idea that they were told, like, made it seem like they were in an alliance. When you guys have promote, been promoting this concept of an alliance all fucking season, you've been saying that Candy, oh, yeah. Kenya, Drew, and Manetta all talk for each other, and they all, you've been saying it all season, but now that it's flipped back on you, when, by the way, we literally have video footage of, and you can say that moment was innocent that was caught on video. But we don't have video footage of Candy, Kenya, and Drew getting together and being like, so you, t- you have my back on this and blah, 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 and you, you support me when I do. Th- we don't mm-hmm. have that. Also, in fact, we have video evidence of them having issues with each other at certain points right. and challenging each other on things and you know, holding each other accountable because that's what real people do. Yeah. Marlon and her confessional goes, if we were in an alliance, we would be ganging up on Drew. But we're Courtney's friend, and we're just trying to protect Courtney, our friend. Protect her from what, though? From Drew? Why? What is Drew going to do to Courtney? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. They all go to dinner. Um, Sheree orders a porn star martini, which I guess is what it's called on the menu. Mm-hmm. And Drew's like, you know, Drew brings up Martel FaceTiming her in the car the night, the day before. So, and it also, it was clearly either before going to that lunch or after. So like he FaceTimed her at the lunch and then FaceTimed her again in the car, like not that long after. He was doing it for cameras and it's him uh-huh. and it's him going, we've never been gone this long without having sex, but it's like, Oh my God. But also Martel, you don't live in Atlanta. Yeah. You literally spend yeah. like weeks away and then come in for the weekend. So you have spent longer than this apart. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Drew talks about how her and Ralph are now on their eight years now, so they're past their seven-year itch. Mm-hmm. Which uh, <laughs> Seven-year itch, eight-year ditch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but it was like, what, like, Rage literally made that comment, remember, about like, once you get past these seven years, clearly not. Um, can you ask Drew if her and Ralph are still in counseling? And Drew is like, so I still am. You know, Ralph kind of took a pause. And mm-hmm. Kenya's like, like, the, there's no reason, like, if it's a marriage count, like, you both need to be in it. Right. That doesn't, Drew's like, I pray that he'll return someday because I think we can't sweep the issues under the rug and stuff like that. It's like, it is also important when you are doing marriage counseling for both of you to individually be in therapy. Sure. Yes. But, but you should also both be in the marriage counseling sessions because. Yeah. That, like, you can't counsel a marriage when you only have the mare or the edge. You got to have the mare and the edge. 
Gotta have that itch. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, it's the seven-year itch. That's yeah. what it is. Um, Kenya, this this moment was hilarious to me. So Kenya ordered like an espresso martini or whatever, and but you could tell she's like not really feeling it. She's like, Manetta, do you want this? Like it's like mo- it just tastes like coffee or whatever. Um, and then Manetta's like, Yeah, I'm good. And then they bring. Sonia has left to go to the bathroom, right? And so they bring more drinks to the table, and Sonia had gotten, like, this, like, strawberry mojito. This is so funny. And Kenya either genuinely <laughs> thought that, they, that the waiter just brought her a mojito unannounced, or she knew what she was doing, which is what I did. And she kind of, like, inches it closer to her. And, like, because you hear Marlo even say, like, yeah, me and Sonia got the same thing or whatever. <laughs> and inches it closer. And Sonia comes back, sits back down, and she's like, wait a Oh, did you order? Did a you Martin? order? A, and Kenny's like, "Oh, is this yours? Oh, ah! oh, he just brought it to the table. I didn't, I didn't know." And Sonia's like, "Is she really trying to steal?" <laughs> um, Kenya asks uh, how Moneta, how's Candy doing? Moneta's like, she's still upset about everything that happened, but she needs to approach it with Drew basically when they get back to the states and that. Um, Moneta's like, so apparently Latoya told Candy that Marlo sent the video in order to show her how Drew feels about her. And Marlo goes, oh, yeah, that as well. And everyone's like, you omitted that part. Mm-hmm. Sonia like, says again at the table, she's like, okay, I'll say this. I did not agree with Marlo recording and sending the video, saying that. But And I, I don't know why she tried to tie these two things in together because they're two separate issues. She goes, but Manetta, I think it was a little reckless for you to use the term collusion when we were having a discussion. Like, uh, these two things don't relate. Also, like, collusion is some super reckless word. Like, it's not like the word aggressive yeah. that has, like, like, racial connotations to it. Like, collusion doesn't mean any- You mean because we've because Trump is col- is accused of colluding. Yeah. So like nobody else can do that or you're all of a sudden saying, "Well, you're Trump." Yeah. Shut the fuck up. So and Courtney's like, "We were trying to figure it out what the figure out what the truth was and you were a part of it, Manetta." It's like, "Okay." And Manetta Manetta just is like, "I'm I'll apologize for my wording on that and if it offended anyone." Courtney's like, like, thanks so much. Like, passive-aggressive smiling. And Manetta's like, yeah, no problem. Passive-aggressive <laughs> smiling back to her. I, I'm, I'm waiting for those two to, like, just, like, launch at each other across a table. I, I'm, I, I need that moment. Yeah. Because Manetta Someone's would whoop her ass. Yeah. Marlo apologizes to Drew for sending the video. Like, very, like, quickly. She's like, but I just think it's only fair to know who's telling the truth in this group. And Drew goes, why don't you worry about you and your legal affairs? (laughs) Worry about if you are able to pass a drug test or not. (laughs) And I was like, oh. Um, And this is like like you were saying, like the laughing off. Marla goes, probably not. I can't pass a drug test. I got to figure out my fake name. I got to figure out that my taxes are not paid. And Drew Drew just quickly goes, did you file taxes? (laughs) (laughs) And Marlo goes, you can Google that, baby. Your husband's in technology. <laughs> Which I, it, again, it, I can maybe say it feels like a shady comment, but I don't know what the shade is. But also you can't Google whether a person filed taxes. You can Google whether a publicly traded company filed taxes. Is that what, is that what you filed under Marlo? So 
is is it so, my archive? So are you saying that Marlo is publicly traded? She probably would. <laughs> she probably would say that. Oh no, I was making a hoe joke. Oh, oh, there we go. Took me a second. <laughs> Marlo and her professional goes, Drew. If you just caught past the seven year itch, why are you still scratching? Which I thought was a good that, line. That was good. I'll give her that. Yeah. Drew says, keep your name out of your mouth, keep my name out of your mouth, and we're good. And Marlo goes, sorry, darling, I live in America. Drew Sedora, Drew Sedora. Which I'm like, this, this is really, like, uh, well, we'll get to it. Because Sheree's like, let's stop with the insults. And Marlo goes, oh, keep them. I love them. I love them. They fuel me. Uh, and Moneta goes, remember, remember you were talking about your life coach, Marlo, and the other day you were doing so great. And Marlo goes, I think I did great today. It's like how again, like, do you understand the point of the life coach? Like, does she does she think that if she doesn't like like aggressively yell in someone's face or like hit someone or like, you know, have this big like like if it's just little moments, then therefore you're embracing your life coach and you're no, you're being obnoxious here in this scene. And I'm sure your life coach didn't think this was the best way to handle it. Also, I don't know if you know this, Marlo, um, but regardless of the fact that you live in America, you are in Portugal and therefore subject to those laws. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. You don't get rights as an American citizen when you are outside of America. Yeah. Funnily enough. Marlo goes, karma is a bitch. That's why a lot of people have bad things happening to them. And Moneta's, it was clearly like to like bring now the Kenya Courtney stuff back up. And Moneta's like, someone said something about like, <laughs> I'm like, Moneta, you know who said it. Like, like just say, Courtney, you said that. Moneta then is like, well, Drew told me that Courtney said, you know, her falling was karma. And again, Courtney, Courtney then goes, I didn't say her fall. I said karma's real. So she's like backtracking. And to me, I'm like, so the people being like, we're Courtney this episode. I'm like, you, you have to stand in your truth though. You can't be like, well, no, I didn't mean, I didn't mean that her fall was karma. I meant like, it's such bullshit. Like you clearly were like pointedly saying that you weren't just like nonchalantly talking about karma. Yeah. At the same time that Kenya gets, take it out and take it to the hospital. But she does this all season. She did that back with the candy. Remember when Candy confronted her about the ghetto people thing at City Winery and she was just like, no, what I meant was I love ghetto people and those were my people and I was so excited. It's like, girl, just be honest. Like, like if you're going to be the antagonist, be fucking honest. That's what Kenya was her first season. She stood in everything that she fucking said, even as abrasive as it was, even as nasty or mean or whatever. If you're going to fill that role, fill that role. I would honestly prefer it. Yeah. And, and honestly, um, the fact that you are, seem to be modeling yourself after miss, uh, Stacy dash means that I probably think you've modeled yourself after her in other ways. Mm. So, um, maybe just, just, just own the fact that you, that you hate other black people. Just, Just own it. Like we, we can see it. It's pretty obvious. So just own it. Like put on the white hood. Put it on. Kenya's like, you know, it shows that you, at the end of the day, it shows that you're heartless and that you have no empathy. And Marlo then starts coughing performatively, doing literally what Kenya did at the Gucci and like, and doing it not as well. No. Well, and that's what I've noticed about Marlo. Have you noticed that she 
doesn't have anything that is genuinely hers. Mm. She has modeled everything that she has brought to this show after an amalgamation of Kenya, Nini, and Sheree. Sure. If you put those three people in a blender, you get Marlo. And it's only after those one of those three has done something that she then starts to emulate it. Yeah. She has nothing genuine about herself. Nothing. Yeah. Um, Ken, I love this line from Kenya. Kenya goes to Courtney and says, look, it was a blessing that I got up. I'm covered. Like basically being like, God's on my side at the mm. end of the day. And Courtney goes, I can tell you a lot of things that you do that are horrific. And then we see producer flashbacks and Kenya called them out on Twitter. And I'm so glad she fucking did. The, the, mo- the horrific moments that Courtney's talking about includes a clip of after Marlo has mule kicked her fucking door right. with her child in the fucking room, her aggressively being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, oh, like, you know, right. fucking psychopath. Kenya was rightfully pissed about this online and I, I'm fully with her. How are you framing that as like Kenya being wrong or Kenya being out of line? Like, that's insane to me. That's fucking crazy. I really need Kenya back on watch what happens live yeah i wonder if she would call because that was the she was on oh, for this episode you could guarantee andy's phone has been blowing up on sunday nights. i hope yeah she was on for this episode right but it was clearly pre-taped right. from what i saw like she had it was taped like maybe like last week or but something. like producers have been doing this bullshit all season yeah so like i I would be interested to know at what point she brings it up on camera. I need Kenya to go on to speak on it. Again, honestly, to yes. talk about it because honestly, I think that's the only place that we're going to get. Like, yeah, I think so. Probably. But like you, you know that at least one side of the couch is heavily pressuring Andy. Like I'm we got to switch production companies. Yeah. I'm interested in that. They re- I forgot what the company's name is. Um, but I saw a great tweet, which is that they need to give them the company that does Miami and does Married to Medicine. It's the same company. Right. They, and they never fucking mess. Yeah. And like, Well, the other issue is that it's not just Atlanta. Potomac has this same production company, and they have the same issues. Yeah, I would say. So, like, it needs to be... And you can't, like, rely on this one production company for four different shows. Sure. So, like... They've got to find somewhere else. They've got to find another production company that will do this justice because this is bullshit. Like, yeah. I, we can't have this anymore. It's been six seasons of this. Right. Courtney's like, look, I'm done. I said it. Karma is real. Kenya goes, yeah, you said it. And what you said was some bullshit. Uh-huh. The quoting Candy from that reunion. And Courtney goes, I said, I hope you were okay. <laughs> like, What? Okay. Kenny goes, no, you didn't. You didn't know what happened to me. Courtney goes, keep falling and busting your ass and being mean, and then you'll fix it. So clearly you need to fall down a couple times if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Kenny goes, you are the dark cloud. Nobody likes you. And Marlo goes, I like you, Courtney. Because Marlo's like living the whole time this is happening. Like, again, like. <laughs> I can't stand it. Yeah. Just you know, and Sheree's like, okay, can we just can we just resolve everything right here? And Kenya's like, Kenya makes a good point. Kenya's like, you have to have willing participants and people who are able to listen. It's like you can't argue with these people. Yeah, like the, like there's no like you know, yeah. It's like 
It's pre-recorded sound bites. It's a freaking soundboard. They don't actually have any thoughts or 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 any generative anything. It's just they have pre-taped reactions that they just hit buttons and spew shit that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Sheree and her confessional is upset about like the fact that this trip isn't isn't led to any healing. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I'm ready to go to the hotel. Matter of fact, take me back to the chateau. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting ready the next morning though to head to the winery and Kenya's like you know I think we've all kind of agreed that we're going to be on our P's and Q's for Sheree to give her like this one last moment where we have like something good come out of this trip basically so we're going to put our shit aside um, they get to the winery and Lucia uh, welcomes them uh, in and they start tasting wine she was fabulous by the way <laughs> so at one point uh, she's like okay so who has an empty glass and Drew goes I do and Lucia goes you're my kind of girl like she was having fun with it <laughs> yeah. yeah she was like I know what show I'm on we're so, good so they're all just politely like enjoying their wine and, and that and then we see that Ralph texted Marlo in this moment and I was like okay Marlo Marlo <laughs> like so ladies I um I want to keep the energy in this good place but um I do have to inform you like like sort of like which I guess you know whatever um she reads the text and <laughs> it is crazy I'm so, Ralph is I like I hate that I'm siding with Marlo on anything but like this is stupid on Ralph's part yeah it's so stupid he texts Marlo, I understand you're saying disrespectful things about me on this trip. I'm disappointed as I thought we were cool and I've been nothing but nice to you. I forgave you for the disrespectful things you said about me last year. And now it's getting old. Please keep my name out of your mouth. See, this is, this is why I'm so confused. What that we saw, what did Marlo say that was disrespectful? Yeah. In that moment, like everything else she said ever is disrespectful. But like, what did she say about Ralph that was disrespectful? The only time we saw her say anything about Ralph, and I emphasize that we saw, right, was about him working in technology. See, I think what happened, honestly, and, and Drew is later in this conversation, but like, like, keep my husband's name out of your mouth. Maybe she brought it to him, you know, a certain way and something, something like that. I can also see Drew just basically telling Ralph what happened and saying the, like that part as it was said. And I could see Ralph seeing this as a moment to have a moment. Well, because, you know, he always loves a moment. Because we see next episode in the preview, they have a moment at Candy's party where Ralph and Mar- Ralph's like has this like on camera confrontation where she's like, you know, I was really upset, Marlo. It's like he wants the camera time. Oh, I yeah. really think that's what it is. And he's like, I can start a feud with a housewife. Perfect. I mean, it just goes along with my theory that, you know, they're keeping up the shame of a marriage until the end of the season so that Ralph can get some more camera time so that he can then move from this show on to something else. Yeah. Because there's plenty of reality television in uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Can you, they start to sort of get, it starts to slowly simmer with Ken, Drew being like, keep his name out of your mouth, et cetera. And Kenya's like, Kenya steps in and it's like, let's not address it here. Like, let's, let's again, let's give Sheree her like last <laughs> delightful moment on this trip. They sip some more wine and they get really tipsy. And then these local like musicians and dancers come in um, to sort of like perform. Notably not pilgrims. Because <laughs> Drew and her confessional goes, they are so cute. These are pilgrims that came to, you know, give us a show. And the producers would be like, did you say pilgrims? 
She's like, we they're not pilgrims. <laughs> no, they're not pilgrims. Uh, I mean, maybe she was thinking like Amish people. I think that's what she meant. Like, but because it was clearly like country folk. Yeah, it's like, but that's not the same thing. So they dress them up and then uh, they teach them how to do their dance and stuff like that. Um, they, did, I did love that they taught Moneta taught them how taught the. Portuguese dancers how to do the cuffet challenge, which yeah. was really funny seeing these like country, like sort of like, like Amish, like, like doing the, like fully committing to it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty great. They did better than most of the people on TikTok that try to do it. Yeah. They give their, like, everyone's talking about how the trip went. And Kenya's like, some people just aren't for some people at the end of the day. But I will say the one thing that has been healed on this trip is my tailbone. <laughs> I don't think that it was healed on the trip. I, I think that it may be healed after the trip. There's that. And then we end with Drew and our professional going, you know, I learned so much on this trip. I learned Portugal is not Spain. <laughs> I learned that green wine is not green. And I learned that Marlo can't be trusted. Well, and to be fair, you should have known that before. Like I said, it's like, come on. Um, but that's how we end the episode. Um, good episode of Atlanta. And then next week, Latoya comes back into the mix. We see Candy's like sexy peach party, which I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. Seems very suggestive. And we do get Cynthia Bailey seemingly back on the show. They, they, I guess they just cut her scene with Kenya earlier in the season. But which I guess if they were wanting to do, because this seems like a bigger moment with Cynthia. Sure. So if they were wanting to hold off on, you know, Cynthia content until she comes back for a bigger scene. Right. I get that. But like, why was her showing up at the filming of that commercial, the only part that any of us knew about her being on the season. Right. And then that's the part that's cut. Everything, I've said it all the time, everything in the trailer needs to be in the season. Yep. It's very simple. Um, but yeah, overall, good episode of Atlanta. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives in New York City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, 
and Survivor Advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gators MB. Let's head on up to the Hamptons where we continue the saga of the Christmas tree dress on <laughs> Real Housewives of New York City. That's like a, um, what is the, uh, Hardy Boys <laughs> Yeah, title. it's a Hardy Boys or a Nancy Drew novel. <laughs> yeah. This was, this was a good, I would say it's a light episode of Roni. Uh, this episode, people could argue maybe filler, but like not, you but know, it, it's fine. Still delightful. I'm a little sad about the ratings. I think I told you about yeah. that. They were only like, like 400,000. Like one, I, I know people were shading when in the premiere, like Bravo put out all those news things of like, they got 1.7 million when you total streaming and stuff like that. I, people were shading them for that, but I do think across the board you need to include streaming in your numbers like you yeah. can't you can't just go back based off of just live watchers like at the end of the day because that's not how people watch television anymore no like, i mean and a lot of people wait till the end of a season and then stream everything all at once right i do that for any of the scripted shows that are coming out because i can't just do week to week on on that stuff i can't do it right it is concerning that like it seems like they're like because i think atlanta was at like 800,000 and this was around like 400,000 so I mean at this in a sense like literally 400,000 people are turning off after Atlanta but I was telling you I think it's just because they're tired of the I think if you put this on a different day yeah. I think if you put this on like a Tuesday or something like that I don't think the Atlanta audience is the New York audience I th I think the Atlanta audience is the new New York audience eventually one eventually but I think they have to prove themselves right because New York has a it has a history of being not exactly the most um, sensitive uh, of shows. Yeah. Um, like, no shade to the old cast, right? But there's a reason they brought Ebony on. And they were trying to wake it up a little bit. Right. And it just didn't work. But I also think, like, Atlanta, you, across the history of Atlanta, it's also been, like, hit a read, another read. Like, sort of, right. like, very quick action. And... New York, even in the or even in the original Roni, like it's a little more lighter and free flowing. You kind of have to. It's not like it's not hitting you over the head every second. Well, it's also highbrow shade. It's there's a difference between like in your face shade and like I'm angrily throwing shade at you, right? And then the the well. Even Louis Vuitton makes mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that sort of shade is just like it's completely different and it's a different audience but and i think that that sort of stuff is the stuff that echoes still in this new roni but i also think that because this is a cast a completely cast of color even though some are white passing um i mean every single one of these ladies is a woman of color and so it's a different audience than the old Roni. Yeah. Or at least it will be in theory. And I, think I understand to, why they put it on Sunday nights. Yeah, it needs to find its audience. Right. I think that's the and for a new show it's it, you it takes a second. I yeah. hope they get there. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, so we uh, start the episode. Everyone's waking up at Aaron's uh, Sag Harbor house, except for Jenna. We'll get to that in a second, though. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Jessel comes into Aaron's room and is basically like, it's freezing in the house. Like, literally, my nipples are like rocks. And th- apparently, the heat's not working, which Aaron, yeah. I feel so bad for Aaron hosting this trip. Like, everything is just like, everything has gone wrong. And you can tell Aaron just internalizes it every time. Oh, yeah. Um, they talk about Jenna leaving the night before, and we get the clip. So basically, they were partying and stuff like that. And Jenna, they kind of, ca- they're like, where's Jenna? And they go look for her and Jenna's leaving. And they're like, what the fuck? And like, Jenna's like, I have a call, like a work call at like 630. You know, I was just going to head back to my house. It's like 10 minutes away. Like, I didn't want to, st- I, she says like, I didn't want to disturb you guys and didn't want to stop your partying and stuff like that. But I get, th- and Aaron's like, I'm a little frustrated by it. Cause I get where it's like, it's one thing to even like go up to them and be like, Hey guys, like I was considering like, maybe I don't want to interrupt your party. But Jenna was preparing to just leave without telling them. But I understand that because what happens when you go tell them I have a meeting at 630 in the morning, then everybody else feels guilty. Nobody else feels like they can do anything or have any fun. Jenna was trying to be the most considerate she could be, Uh, which was I need to go be ready for this meeting. So I need to go get sleep. But also, I don't want to shit on their fun. So I'm going to just quietly leave i've got a house 10 minutes away i can go get sleep come back in the morning it wouldn't be any different than me being upstairs and being asleep so other than i'm gonna get the rest that i need so like why are the all the girls angry i don't get it but i also think it's again your (laughs) annual autism watch segment (laughs) it's oh my gosh it is like this whole episode all my alarm bells were going off. Cause it's, but that's like a very, that's like, I, and I have, I've never been, I've never been fully diagnosed by the way, but like you've, you know, like you've picked up on signs of that. I might have like mild, like certain things. Like that's something I would do. Like that's yeah. like, like I, I, but I understand like, you know, if you're Aaron or whatever, it's like, just tell me like, you know, yeah. um, but Jessel makes a comment as they're talking about this. Like, I mean, her house is by the ocean. Your house is not. So, and Aaron's like, what are you just shitting on my house? Like, it's a, you're saying my house is shit. And this continues happening with Jessel. And I'm like, we're, I like that. We're seeing now this element of Jessel's personality where it's just like, she cannot read the room. Oh, absolutely. And it's very, just like saying things that are just like digs without, I don't think with her intention, of them being digs. We'll get to it later when they go out to eat. It's a little Ramona singer. A little bit. Yeah. Like it's not as abrasive and Mm -hmm. as vile, but like it's the same sort of tendency. Yeah. Um, Cy comes into Aaron's room and just slips on the carpet and just like, whoops. That was a fun moment. Um, Aaron basically is like, you know, I'm going to get Bryn Jenna's room when she comes over. She doesn't deserve a room. She didn't say bye. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Why are you angry? And then Jessel also is, uh, uh, as she said, she's like, look, I can't connect to your Wi-Fi, Aaron. Like nothing is loading for me. Like this Wi-Fi is terrible. <laughs> Sigh in her confessional. is like, Jessel is too aloof to realize that her delivery is abrasive sometimes. Like, can we relax? We're on a free trip here. It's free 99. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And Aaron's also mad that, like, I didn't, you know, she didn't make shashuka um, because Jenna made such a point at dinner being like, we shouldn't eat. I'm not going to eat shashuka uh, and then go work out because it's gross. And so Aaron changed her plans. And now Jenna's not even there. So now she's upset, which I kind of get. 
Um, Jenna then arrives back to the house and she walks in and you just hear Aaron go, I'm getting angrier. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how did you sleep last night? And Jenna's like, I mean, didn't sleep that great, you know, because of the storm and all that. And Aaron goes, oh, there was no storm here. <laughs> no, you know, that storm, you know, if you would have just stayed in your bed, like, you know, a, a normal person, then it would have been fine. Jenna reiterates again that she had a 6.30 call and just didn't want to disturb anyone. And Jessel, then Jessel, like, during this, just goes, like, it's really cold. It is really cold in here. And it's like, oh, my God, Jessel. <laughs> Uba, Uba is like, I actually think it was so rude for you to do that, Jenna, because she did give you the best room. And so I was like, I mean, I'm sleeping in a children's room with a crib. Like, come on. <laughs> Which, to me, I, I didn't understand that because I was like, the type of person I am, like, if Jenna's not staying there, I'm taking Jenna's room. Even right. I, I may keep all my stuff and my clothes in that room, but I'm sleeping in her bed. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, you, you better believe that all of my shit would have been in that pretty little rainbow room, but I would have been starfished in Jenna's yeah, bed. <laughs> exactly. Jenna, but Jenna kind of get we were, we were um, talking, I think, either first episode or last week. Um, we were wondering how Jenna's going to deal with conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of does well here. She's like, can we back it up for one second? Like, you guys were partying. I went up to my room. The music is right below me. <laughs> Sighs in her confession. goes, Jenna's acting like a geriatric. It's not a senior citizen home. Like, I'm like, okay. But like, you know. She had an early meeting. I, I feel like for all of these women to be like, high-powered professionals yeah they don't understand what it takes to be a high-powered professional i mean sai is a what is sai's schedule as a content creator though what she wants it to be exactly which great i I mean that's my dream but right uba brings up how they you know aaron didn't get to make they keep making this like emphasis throughout the episode of not knowing how to pronounce shishuska which it's like i don't know how to pronounce you know what it is no that's it's basically the eggs and purgatory. You seen like the eggs that like they cook in the tomato sauce in like, like you crack eggs into it and then like it like steam. Sounds delicious. Never heard of it. Cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like Aaron, I will come over. Cook me. Sh- to me sh- but to sh- me, like these bitches are so bougie. They should know what this is. Well, they were also so bougie that nobody wanted caviar. So, like, there we go. Uba's, like, but Uba brings up that the you know Aaron didn't get to make it, and Jenna's like, guys, we're all adults here. If you want to make shashushka, go make it. <laughs> and, I I will say that um, speaking of food, I um, my boss my boss is a Jewish woman, mm. and she was so angry about Aaron like not properly prom- um, like representing the jewish community she's like if there is someone coming over to my house they are leaving with tupperware she barely had crackers and caviar what that's not food you drove three hours to get to the hamptons you need food you need like a casserole you need something you this is not good enough this is not good representation yeah uh, I love Jenna in her confessional goes like, are you shuck shitting me? <laughs> I was like, Jenna's got the lines. Jenna's got it. The, the rest of the women are like, we're like, punny people. Yeah. The rest of the women are like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go get ready for the workout. And Aaron goes with them and goes, I'm leaving too. Cause clearly you don't like my house at all. Thanks for enjoying my house so much. I'm going to sleep at yours. 
<laughs> and then Jenna is just with Jessel in the kitchen, and Jenna goes, God, my glasses are fogging up because it's so cold. <laughs> I was like, good on you, Jenna. I love this, like, funny, like, tongue-in-cheek kind of shade. Yeah. Like, where nobody's serious, but everybody's acting like it's serious. It's so perfect. It's, it's great. Uh, Aaron's trainer, David, arrives at the house. Uba is immediately attracted to him and just starts immediately flirting. <laughs> I mean, when the woman says she has eight or sex eight times a night, I still need an explanation about that. Yeah. I, 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 what does that mean? What do you mean? Um, but I understand. Like, she's like, I'm constantly horny. I need. He goes to, like, shake her hand, and Uba's like, no, we hug. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> they, they go out to the yard to start working out. Jenna and her confessional. I love working out. I mean, actually, that's a lie. I, 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 I hate working out. I just like to not look terrible naked. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn arrives as they're starting to work out and do like, the, they're running with like the bands around their waist or whatever. I don't know what that's called. Um, Bryn arrives and she, Bryn, as she's walking through the house, goes, interesting part of the Hamptons. South is kind of where it's at, but this is good too. And like... People were pointing out it's kind of a perfect throwback to the old Roundy because remember when yeah. Ramona was shitting on Bethany because she got a house in the Hamptons north of the highway? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's perfect. Um, Bryn, Bryn walks in to say hi, says hi to everyone. Uba in her confessional. Bryn shows up like a pimp from head to toe fur jacket. That's not the Hampton look. That's Mississippi, like down in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn hugs David, who I guess she's met before, but starts flirting with him. And you could tell Uba's upset about this. And Bryn's like, Bryn hugs him and goes like, I mean, I want you to give me a hard time, but not in that way. <laughs> and like, that's like a full, like, and she does it just like that. Like, just. I love her. Um, Jenna talks about how Bryn was birth flirting. Like, she came out of the womb flirting. Yeah, probably. Uba immediately grabs David. <laughs> just be like, no, you're, you're mine. They continue with the workout. Um, Uba is like clearly uncoordinated. <laughs> like, like uh, she's all legs. Like, of course she's uncoordinated. Yeah. Um, Dave, they they they're basically using the other women as like hurdles to like jump over the other. Um. Uh. What, oh, David says at one point to Bryn, "You want to do planks?" And Bryn goes, "No, I want to do you." Huh? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everywhere else that's called sexual harassment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they finish up and uba as they're leaving like puts date literally puts david's arm around her waist and goes you're hanging out with me in new york <laughs> girl yeah jenna tells aaron um you know jenna and aaron get pulled aside and jenna's like you know if Bryn doesn't have a room like she can stay with mine and aaron's like so you you just want to go home and and jenna's like look listen like <laughs> like i had all the intentions of staying it wasn't that and and aaron's like next time you be, just come down and be like guys turn it down i don't want you to leave the house like just you know yeah. and jenna apologizes and they make up and they get past it like it's yeah. very like you know Good, like good drama, and then they moved on. Like, yeah. it's what you want. Um, Aaron says in her confessional, "We just all have to accept that Jenna's a different person. We just have to give her the time and space to let us in." Um, Uba and Bryn are then talking in the kitchen alone, and Uba tells Bryn the whole Jenna situation, though, and Bryn is now upset because Bryn's like, "I got my ass chewed out for choosing a place over people, and I was told I was not being a good friend." 
And like, this is worse. Like, like this is your home. Like, you know, like, so like, I love Good it. job making it about you. Just making it about you. Um, and Brit's like, you know, I just think the law of the land has to apply to everyone. You know, it's, and I'm like, oh, great. So now we just ping ponged into now Aaron and Brynn at this point. Um, they all get dressed to go out to eat. Um, they're all coordinated. Like, almost all of them are coordinated, but didn't plan on coordinating with these, like, white. And, and Jenna's like, well, they're wearing white and khaki. Funny they could wear khaki now and not for my party. <laughs> Um, they were about to, there's a moment where they're leaving the house and Cy goes to Bryn and goes, nice nipples. And Bryn goes, thanks, babe. <laughs> that, I mean, that's so Bryn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they arrive at this restaurant page. Um, they, and, and they get to starting. Bryn talks to Uba about flirting with David and sort of like, is he your type? And, and, and sort of that kind of stuff. And then Bryn tells her like, so I have this hack for dating where, I keep an album on my phone of just nudes of myself. And then so when you're next to a guy, like in the club or whatever, just start scrolling when you're next to them. And they'll just be like, hey, how are you? Like, they will then introduce themselves to you. I'm like, that's such a brand move. I, I do have to say, a guy that I dated before you did that, when we were... To you? Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. I don't know about this. Um, th- it was on our first date. We went to the Eagle in Dallas, and he pulled out his phone standing next to me and started scrolling through his nudes, and I'm like, oh, my God. Did, well, that's a testament to Brynn if she takes it from, if she takes advice from gay men, clearly. Like, I mean, clearly. This, like, when she said it originally, I was like, this kind of feels like a gay man move. It, it really is. Yeah. But Uba's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Like, that's how you get a pervert. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Drag us. <laughs> um, you know, oh, and then Uba makes a comment in her confessional. Like, I mean, maybe that's why there's three engagements talking about Bryn. I was like, oh. And I think we're, it seemed like we're going to get more about this next episode that she has been engaged multiple times. Oh, so yeah. Okay. That should be interesting. Um, who, there's someone, who, someone on Housewives has had like multiple engagements. Oh, Danielle, stop. Oh yeah. You were engaged 19 times. <laughs> Prostitution. Whore. Uh, new era. Um, <laughs> Uba is like, you know, what, they're like, well then what do you do Uba? And she's like, I smile. I ask for directions. If I'm at the airport, I'm like, where's gate B or D or whatever. <laughs> like, Jenna then talks to her confessional how it's to- there's a totally different set of rules for dating men and women. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I love that Jenna they do this, and then Jenna has her like Jenna corner in her confessional where it's like this is how lesbians deal with this. Like, yeah, I, I kind of appreciate that. Appreciate well, that, and it's it's interesting because I think that that's the reason that um, queer people tend to be able to find connections a little bit quicker. Yeah. Than straight people because gay men understand how each other think. Mm-hmm. Men have no clue how women think. Yeah, queer women know how they each other think. Straight women have no clue how men think. That's why men, straight men, think that dick pics are going to work. Right. Exactly. It's like, and it's like, why like, would any women don't give a shit about that? Yeah. 
But send it to one of us. Send it to one of us and we'll tell you how great it is. Yeah. Jenna says in her confessional, women know women's tricks and, and you don't need to hide. You can just be open and forward and honest. So, like, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone except Bryn and Jessel go to the restroom, like all of them. So it's just Bryn and Jessel at the table. And Bryn then starts telling Jessel about how she feels like there's a double standard and stuff like that, um, et cetera. Um, <laughs> they all then come back to the table. Cy starts and goes, so, I, I mean, I'm still out of gas because we didn't eat after we worked out. And Jenna goes, is that my fault? Like, joking. <laughs> and then Bryn goes, no, nothing's your fault, Jenna. Oh. <laughs> Nothing can be Jenna's fault. It's probably my fault. And I'm like, oh, she's starting. <laughs> Bryn goes, Jenna has a blank check. Bryn has none. And Jenna goes, your bank account's empty. And Bryn goes, no, but in the bank of Aaron it is. Ooh. And Aaron's like, why am I in it? <laughs> <laughs> she's like what's the issue and aaron's like i don't want to rock the boat and i love how it, i love bryn going i don't want to rock the boat but it does feel like a little bit slash lot of a double standard <laughs> <laughs> i love bryn i love her so but much. it's so perfect uh bryn is like you know you're more offended by someone not going to one dinner reservation than someone leaving your house after you made them monogram pajamas and then aaron like pauses and goes well maybe i like her a little bit more <laughs> and i'm like yes aaron drag her <laughs> aaron someone said it like aaron it's clear that like if we go into like seasons two three four five of this season of this franchise right Aaron and Bryn is going to be the feud. Like oh, yeah. It's going to be the on and off thing. It's going to be, it's going to be the Kenya Portia. It's going to be that vibe where uh -huh. it's like, you know, they're always going to be nipping at each other. Uh -huh. And I'm real, and I'm, I, I'm really enjoying it. Cause I appreciate, I, I respect both their games. Right. Like they both like nail it every time. Um, Jenna goes, it's just cause I'm cute. And Bryn goes, or because you're Jenna Lyons. And Aaron's <laughs> like, well, maybe that's how you think, but that's not how I think. Um, Aaron and Aaron's like, I was upset. Jenna apologized to me and we moved on. It's like, what do you want me to do? It's like throw something at her, which I do get like at a certain point they were like, I don't get what Bryn's point is. Like, I don't she, either because Bryn literally talked like it was the same situation. There was an upset. They talked, they talked and it was over. And then like Aaron was upset at Jenna and then they talked and it was over. Like, I, I don't, what do you just because there was more time in between the upset and y'all be talking? And it would be one thing if Aaron was even like still harping on Bryn over not going to catch. Like it would be one thing if she like you know up until this point was still like making digs or like doing like little, but that hadn't been happening. Like also, it's not Aaron's fault that there was like weeks in between. It's the fact that there was the Lizzie of it all. Sure. And production had to be stopped. Blame Lizzie. <laughs> it's all Lizzie's fault. Bryn in her or Aaron in her confessional goes, Bryn still thinks catch was not adequate enough for her. And they, they also they beep it again. Bryn still thinks catch was not adequate enough for her to be seen at. So I don't know. You tell me who's more concerned about image. I mean, yeah. Good point. Well, and Bryn is also like worried about, you know, like it's projection, right? Yeah. She thinks that. Aaron is obsessed with the image of Jenna when really it's Bryn that's obsessed with the image of I, Jenna. I agree. I think, I think that's what it is. Like it's like she feels inadequate because Jenna is like this larger than life person who is really not larger than life. She's really quite reserved. Yeah. And then you, 
she gets into this situation and it's like, I feel inadequate next to this woman who has done so much and right. is such a big name. Like, I don't know how to measure up. And so now it's going to be about that. I, I guarantee you that this is going to continue all season. Yeah, I can see that. Bryn, <laughs> Bryn tries to make an analogy and she's like, you're talking about the equivalent of like, I stepped on your dog's paw versus shooting your dog. And everyone's like, what? Like, why are we talking about dead dogs? Like, <laughs> poor dog. Yeah. Why, what are we? Why are we shooting dogs? Uba, Uba is like, I'm watching a French movie right now. Like, I don't understand anything that's happening. <laughs> Jenna's like, you know, at the end, like, I left and, you know, I felt, you know, I was driving home in my car. I was like, oh, I felt bad. And Aaron's like, I mean, it makes me feel bad that you were being so, you know, that we were being so loud that, it, you know, that you did that. And Jessel's like, you know, you, J Jessel tells Jenna, you know, you can't please everyone. And Aaron goes, definitely not you. <laughs> and Jessel's, just, Jessel's like so offended. And it's just like, oh my God. And Side's like, no, it's, you're, you're totally hard to please. Like, it's like, you, uh, and Jessel's like, I love that you think that I was complaining. And Aaron goes, we weren't thinking you were complaining. Uh huh. Jessel's like, I only brought up the heat and the Wi-Fi. That was it. And Side's like, that's not true. You went after Jenna's gift. Like and and that was the most egregious one. Yeah, and Jessel's like, it wasn't my style, and and Sai's like, but you didn't say it wasn't your style. You were like, I hate her. I look like a Christmas tree, and like was like made it such a big deal. And Jessel's like, I was being funny about it. Okay, oh, absolutely not. It seems so hilarious. I mean, I get that. Like, I get funny. Haha, <laughs> laugh. Yeah. I get. I think what she means by that is like, because I do. Uba says later that like I think Jessel has a lot of self confidence issues right now because of what she talked about about like you know postpartum and all that stuff. And I mm -hmm. get that totally. And I think that is why she felt unsexy and stuff like that. It wasn't about the the lingerie, right? But like when she's saying I was being funny about it, she means I was being self deprecating. And being vocally self-deprecating, but she didn't understand that like you're, it makes Jenna feel like shit. Yeah, like it's one thing to be self-deprecating; it's another thing to like bring the mood down to such a point. And where... let's be clear, it didn't fit her right. Sure, that's fine. Like tailor it. Like it's not going to fit right off the rack. It's lingerie. It's supposed to fit the curves of your body, which means it needs to be tailored. Yeah. So like. Go get it tailored. Like, you can see that, like, it'll fit. Also, you weren't wearing a bra underneath it. And I'm, like, not advocating that women should always wear a bra or whatever. But, but like, it would have helped with the... But it was, like, it's meant to be worn that way. So, like, when you're not wearing a bra and you have the straps extended all the way, like, it's not going to fit the way that the person who designed it like imagined it on the body. Right. So like you have to take those things into account. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron tells Jenna, like, I think honestly, Jenna, I think you were being really nice about it more than anything. And Jenna's like, yeah, it didn't feel great. And Jessel is in her confession. Like, I don't get why Jenna isn't like coming to me privately over this and like having Aaron and Cy, like, you know, like lead this fight. It's like, cause Jenna's way too nice to fucking tell you. Also, that. Jenna never said anything. Right. She never mentioned it to the other girls. It was obvious on her face. Everyone else picked up on it. It like, looked like you had slapped her and she was embarrassed. Yeah. So then Jessel tries to 
apologize to Jenna. And she goes, Jenna, I mean, I thank you for your thought. I would very happily exchange it for something more my style. That's all. And Aaron like laughs. She's like, <laughs> that's your apology? Like, I, you know, I'm sorry that you are so shitty at giving gifts. I know. It's like, <laughs> wow. Aaron, her confessional says, for a girl who hasn't had sex in two years, she sure has a lot of opinions about lingerie. Mm-hmm. Jenna asks, Jenna is also telling Justin, like, okay, but like, how would you feel like in that moment? And Jessel just goes, I was insensitive. I see it now. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I was making fun. And then she turns to Bryn and goes, I did look like a Christmas tree. And Jess, Jenna is like, does Jessel just not get it? Like, like, no, no, she doesn't. Like you're literally like, just apologize. Like, instead of like continuing to make the comments, yeah. even if you're doing it in jest, like, like what? And it's funny because this seems to, like everything else that we have encountered so far in three episodes of this sh- of this show yeah um has been super light and super like no big deal this has been the thing that like seemed to genuinely upset and hurt someone sure and and it's like oh oh that that's awkward yeah like it hurt to watch it but it be like i said it was it was like a ramona singer apology it, it, yeah. it, it was on that level where it's just like girl like you like you gotta like think about what i look like saying. a christmas tree i i just yeah. i look like a christmas it's tree. not my style and i i i'm young i, I you know I, i'm i'm renewing myself and, and in my new renewal it's just not my style <laughs> um they basically decided that Bryn is going to stay in Aaron's room uh, for the night. Um, uh, they they leave to go back to the house. Sai is like filming content as they're like walking to the car or whatever. Because of course. And and then there's like a confessional bit where she's like, "No, I actually have to work. Like this is yeah." Like, and I, I get it. Like if you like scroll people that like their job is influencer, like they're constantly putting out f uh, uh, content. It is a lot of work. Like, I'm not going to downplay the work that she does. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her life was pretty much already a reality show before she was on Roni. So, like, it, it, having to do both is kind of like, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, they get ready for dinner uh, for the night. They're having dinner in, and, and uh, Aaron's having a chef cater. Um, Sai and Uba decide that they want to dress Jenna because Je- Jenna's like, I was just wearing jeans or whatever. It's like, you can't just wear jeans. Like, look, like, like we found, like, we got this dress. Try something out new for the night, you know, etc. I thought it was a little, it was kind of a sweet moment. Jenna comes down in the dress and she looks great. Like, she looks gorgeous. Yeah. And it still, I, I the what, what I liked about it was like, Yes, they were kind of like, it was a little like, okay, Jenna, we know, like, like get out of your element sort of vibe, which sometimes I don't like. But, like, it, the end product was still Jenna. It wasn't like, like, it, they, they took enough care into, like, I'm not going to dress you in something that, like, right. you absolutely would not ever wear that would make you look right. stupid. But I did appreciate Jenna and her confessional was like, this is how I used to dress. She says it's the old her. This is the old me when, and she doesn't say it outright, but when I was faking being straight. Yeah. And it's, it's eye opening because like I had that same like journey of, I am like having to fit into the world as a quote unquote man. Right. This is what men dress like. And I was never happy with it. And now 
now I dress very femininely, pretty much ex- exclusively feminine. And Jenna had like the same trajectory in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, it's like Jenna still does gorgeous, sexy looks, but she does it in a way that makes her comfortable. She does it in a deep V uh, or like a sheer top under a ja- a blazer right. or like like a way that accentuates what she wants to accentuate and is not overly feminine and it's not dressed for men because fuck men. And I love that she acknowledge like she acknowledges why she dresses the way she does and that sort of like why she doesn't dress like this now, but it's not, she doesn't really internalize it. Like, like she's like, yeah, this was fun for tonight. I'll probably, I'll be back in jeans tomorrow. Yeah. Like, and I think it's probably being in the fashion industry. Yeah. She has that sort of like, you have to have an appreciation for other people's looks too. And like other styles and stuff like that to where like, you don't take that too much to heart. And I don't, and I think, I actually think Uber inside kind of handled it well. Like they weren't like, we're trying, we we don't want to change you, but like right. try something new for tonight. And like, I think once again, like Aaron said, once they get to know Jenna a little better, it's like, they're going to get to that point where it's like some of these like awkward moments where like Sai is like, Oh, Jenna needs to loosen up Jenna, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I appreciate it more. I think they're going to appreciate it more when they get to know Jenna a little bit more. Cause some people have, I've seen some people be like, I don't really like Sai this season. Like she's a little too abrasive and a little too like, you know, pushing her agenda or opinions on other people's lives when they have different lives basically. And I get that. I actually thought she was really great on watch what happens live with um, Kenya. Yes. Like that's where I was like, I saw the personality and I saw, and yeah. in, in this last scene as well too, like I saw like size vibe. And and like you were saying, the, it's not that this doesn't look like Jenna. It's still very much Jenna does the long, mm. live look. She just does it in pants. Yeah. So, like, the fact that they were taking that into account and taking the care to cover the parts of her that she was not comfortable with. And, the like, they were, like, very gentle and kind with her. Yeah. And I was... I was really impressed with that because you usually will see it usually in these sorts of things. It's like, put her in something that is j- drastically not her and make her wear something that's going to make her extremely uncomfortable. Right. Usually that's what you see. And I was just, I was really impressed with the a level of care and consideration that was put into this. Yeah. Um, I also really like, so, so they all go down to eat. Sai is wearing Jenna's lingerie as outerwear. Like she's the, has the, the bustier part as basically the top with this like jacket and, and whatever. And Jenna's really appreciative of that, particularly after Jessel's whole thing. Yeah. Jenna's like, not only does she accept the gift, she celebrates the gift. And that's what I love. <laughs> they sit, and it looked great. Yeah. They sit down to eat and they all decide to play true, true, two truths and a lie. And they go around some of the highlights of like things that we learned. We learned that Aaron, um, uh, she revealed that she had sex in a center's office. Won't reveal which one. No, won't reveal which one. But then there was that cute uh, confessional where she's calling Abe and it's like, hey, did I ever tell you that I had sex in a center's office? And Abe is like, huh, so the kids are in the car and you're on speaker. But um, <laughs> you don't put people on speaker without warning. Yeah. And she's you, like, Babe. Imme- you immediately answer the phone and go. Hey, by the way, the kids are here and you're on speaker. Yeah. 
one of size ones that she we, she later reveals is not true is that she gives multiple hand jobs at the same time, and Brynn in her confessional doing the baby bird, and just being like, I'm sure she has like a third hand to like post content or whatever on her phone, just being like, swipe to buy, swipe to buy. <laughs> So perfect, but then we but we do find out that Sai apparently likes to be choked, <laughs> huh? So yeah, um, I love that Brins. It's all like I had sex with this person, different like all the three options, but it's always reverse cowgirl. I had reverse cowgirl with this. I had reverse, but apparently she has uh, done it with a Saudi prince. Apparently, but like also. Why specify the position? Yeah, it's like very clear. Like, it's like clearly you were trying to like put an image in people's heads. Yeah. Like, if you're going to imagine me having sex, imagine it's reverse cowgirl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was Uba or someone who was like, I mean, it, oh, I think it was Jessel was like, it makes sense. It's like her ass up and you don't, you don't have to look at him. It's like fine. Yeah. It's very, it's very, uh, Bren. Um, Jenna said that she had a boyfriend once who fell asleep on her during sex. Awkward. Yeah, it was the worst. Uba has had sex in Central Park. <laughs> it's just like, yep. wow. Like, you're just revealing, like, like it really was a very revealing two truths and a lie overall. I was like, you guys are going there. Okay. And then the worst being that Jessel said that she had a popsicle stuck in her vagina. And as she says it, that you could see, that, that I love anytime they do a shot of the chefs in the kitchen going, what? <laughs> it's like when, what was it recently on Orange County? They did that. Oh, it was with, um, oh, fuck. Who was it? Was, it? Oh, it was with Tamara was. Uh, oh, yelling in Nobu about, uh-huh. with the sushi chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I love Bryn then going, do you guys have a popsicle to the waiter? <laughs> Aaron. Oh, and then this one, Aaron's like, was that with like Poffit? And Jessel goes, uh, negative. <laughs> Uh, just continually shading her husband. <laughs> like, um, wow. They finish dinner and and they're gonna go like do like the bonfire or whatever outside. Aaron can't figure though out how to turn the fire pit on. And has to Facetime Abe to like figure it out. Size like, can can we? Do we have like a match or a lighter? I can just like whatever. And they're like, no. Like it's you're dealing with propane. <laughs> like stop. And Size like, I grew up poor. That's what we do. You take a match, you throw it in the oven, the oven turns on. Yeah, that's what happens when the pilot light is out. You gotta strike. You gotta have a flame somewhere, guys. Yeah. And Aaron's like, Bryn was just useless because she was just furring with Abe on the phone the whole time. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're DJing tonight. Like <laughs> just hitting on this your friend's <laughs> husband. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, they're all, but they figure out how to get it on. They, they're getting ready. And then, but Bryn's supposed to like go get them wine or whatever. And she can't figure out how to open Aaron's fridge because it's one of, it's, it's clearly one of the ones where you press inward and then it opens. Like it's like got the lot, the, um, whatever that's called, like the little like pressure Uh lock or whatever, but she can't, there's no handle. So Bryn's like, what the fuck? And she's like, Siri, open the door. (laughs) Like (laughs) Alexa. (laughs) And then she finally gets, gets it open. She goes, God, white people are so weird. (laughs) I She's not white though. She's Israeli. Yeah. She just looks white. Uh, Aaron and Jenna uh, are because they're all ju- they're drinking out of Aaron's children's like sippy cups, like um, <laughs> like things, and th- they're like, yeah, I got these for like a dollar at the dollar store. And Aaron and Jenna are 
like talk about how much they love a dollar store, which is such a rich people thing to be like, oh my god, we love the dollar store. Like, like, can you imagine? It, it gives that. There's a TikTok creator that does like the really like out of touch. Mm-hmm. But, and I went down to the store of the dollar. It's like you can I, see, you can hear Heather DeBro saying it. <laughs> like you can hear it in her voice. And size, like that's because you bitches didn't grow up poor. And then we hear more about. Um, sort of side tells this story about her dad would bring like this like tiny Christmas tree home from the dollar store because they couldn't get a full one mm-hmm. like the little miniature ones and would just put it on the speaker and then like just put the presents like it's our Christmas tree and it's like yeah. um but she talks about tells a little bit more of her backstory about how she basically she's like I basically moved around every like seven months until I got into high school like I was constantly moving going from L A to New York to Florida to you know. Wow. Uh, all that. And that she was basically, she talked about how she was on her own when she was 16 because her mother couldn't really financially take care of her. Like she was very poor in that regard as well. Um, she's like, I had to drop out of college in my junior high because I just couldn't get tuition. Like I, you know, but then like I would just basically pretend to be there for summer school and like stay at my friend in my friend's dorm. Oh yeah. So where I would just like, if they would be like, you know, me like a administrator would just be like, Oh, I left my ID in my room or like whatever. And just try like, and she's like, at a certain point they had to have just been like, Oh, she's clearly homeless. Like, like, like just let her, you know, I may or may not have done that junior year. Oh really? Uh, it was only like a week or so, but they had, um, I had had issues the, f- the previous year with my mental health and whatnot mm-hmm. and failed a bunch of classes. And they were like revoked all my financial aid because of it. And, um, I was trying to get things squared away, but like they wouldn't like reinstate my financial aid, Mm. but I, school had already started and I had already moved into the dorm and I was there and like, I I kept having to like follow people in to get into, and it was, it was really awkward. Like I couldn't go to classes. I couldn't do anything, but like I was there, I lived there for like a week and a half two weeks yeah. and then they finally came in and was like yeah you you got to get out <laughs> basically um Ty, but Ty talks about like daydreaming about her future all the time and Bryn kind of bonds with her over this and sort of she Bryn talks about how she would like go through the magazines and stuff like that, like the furniture magazines and stuff like that a bit and like dream of like Okay, so if we had this in our, if we were able to afford this, like, where would we put this and, like, where would we arrange it in the house, et cetera, like, that kind of stuff. And so it seems like they kind of had similar upbringings and mm-hmm. vibes. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, and it seems from the preview for next week, we're going to get more Bryn's backstory in that regard. So that'll be interesting. And then Jenna, Aaron's like, So, are you, Jenna, are you staying for the night? And Jenna's like, I'm staying for the night. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> just celebrates. Yeah. So it's a cute little moment, um, but yeah, it was a cute little fun, like light episode of Rami, like like still really satisfying at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely go support it and go watch it because it, it you know it's it's good stuff. Um, when we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And I'm the Riz. And you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time 
develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay in Zambia. Let's head on over to California where all the writers are on strike, so I have nothing funny and clever to say here on Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah, we can't win them all. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Look, I tried. We literally were paused for several minutes, and I just couldn't do it. I I had nothing. I had nothing funny to say. Yeah. It happens. Uh, But no, this episode of Orange County for this week, good episode overall, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean... fucking great season and like we'll we'll get into it in this first scene but it's like it's vicky i i have missed vicky so much vicky and shannon on watch what happens live was almost the best thing we watched this week actually yeah honestly like it was so fucking funny it like like she is comedic fucking gold and i need her back like i feel like someone should pick like even if it isn't just a friend of role like next honestly, season fully like i think it's you know, and I'm sure I feel like she would be in a place where she would feel better about it yeah. than she did on her last season when she was friend of. Yeah. Like, I think I feel like she's in a place where being friend of doesn't feel like a punishment to her anymore. I hope so. And she can just let loose and whoop it up and have fun. And cause that's what I love. Like yeah. it's so, I mean, I love the other stuff too. Like when she would bring like, you know, be more dramatic in certain things. And we're probably going to get it at certain parts this season, Yeah, but like she's really fucking good. And like, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm all for bringing Vicky back fully. Um, but we leave from where we left last episode where Shannon's basically having a breakdown with production and being like, this cannot, this stuff about John cannot come out or my relationship is over and, and is crying and stuff like that. <laughs> they just like Shannon's just in tears and we just cut to Vicky at the table by herself going, what happened? Was it something I said? And just like smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's like, he's super private and he's going to fucking lose it. And like, is just tearing up. And like, this was kind of like, uh, 
there's a, obviously there's all this discussion about their relationship. There's always like they never specifically say like certain things about the dynamic. But I'm like, I, when she makes comments like, "Oh, he's gonna lose," I'm like, "Are we not seeing the full depth of their relationship on this show?" Like it gives me that vibe. But I also think that maybe he's not gonna lose it. I have a feeling that she's just extra worried. I think that she's still traumatized from the David of it. That's possible. You know, like she was with someone and has children with a man who is extremely volatile and violent and hurtful. Yeah. And like she's she's still dealing with that. Like of course she's going to immediately the second that she starts to feel safe in a relationship is going to question that and is going to think she's in danger because that's what she was conditioned to. Right. So like, I, I don't know if this is really indicative of, of him. Yeah. It's like, I am kind of like, I'm waiting between those two thoughts, thoughts at it. Of, at it at the end of the day like i really hope it's the it's what you're saying like i really hope it's that case at the end of the day um but who knows yeah. um shannon's you know they sit back at the table shannon's just like i was really vulnerable with heather and now i'm the stupid shit who thought it would be kept between us and then tamara is like heather's been telling emily and gina that the relationship with john is shit and shannon's like has she been giving details or like tamara's like that it's just not good but again, like it's making it seem like there's something specific that Heather has said. Right. Like a specific accusation or something. But also, if you've got details, like, then wouldn't you then save the details? Right. Because also for Tamara to be, well, she just said your relationship is not good. It's like, but you've also said that. And everyone else in this group has said that independently of Heather. And, it, and the, the reaction that Heather has when it's broached later Makes me think maybe Heather didn't say shit. Which, but the crazy thing to me was watching Watch What Happens Live, and Shannon is like, I'm still like, Shannon is fully still upset with Heather, and she kept saying, "Watch the rest of the season," but like, she, like she was very like the the topic came up of like she like is upset with Heather and Gina and Emily, but not with Tamra. Like, Shannon is still like, no, I think Tamara had my best interest in her. It's Teflon Tamara. Nothing sticks to her. Yeah, it's like, how did that happen, though? Because you saw the scene of her and Eddie talking a cut. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm confused by that. Yeah. Like, I want to see how if Tamara was able to Jedi mind trick her way out of that somehow. It could also be Shannon being desperate to fix that relationship so she won't blame her for anything. Or wants the Trace Amigas to be, like, solid again. I guess, yeah. Um. Uh, Vicky says, "What are you going to ask Shannon? What are you going to do with Heather?" And Shannon goes, "I'm going to say read between the fucking lines, motherfucker." <laughs> Which was like so crazy for Shannon to say, but I mean, she's done, she does love the read between these lines, you fucking bitch. But she won't say dick. She won't say dick, <laughs> but she will say motherfucker. <laughs> and then, oh my God, Tamara in her confessional, I was like, really, Tamara? Tamara goes, the last time Heather talked about Shannon's relationship, it blew up in her face. And we cut to the clip of Sh- when Shannon went to Heather's home about Heather had said the thing about David sending that email and the whole blow up of, we're done. Please leave. I'm asking. That, that, that you mean fight. her first season? Right. Years and years ago? But also. <laughs> like, come on. God, like, Tamara 
you're leaving out part. Like I remember that's that what happened there. Yes, Heather was a little reckless that she talked about it at a dinner with a group of other women, and then that's how it got out and around. But Heather only knew about that because you told her, Tamara. Huh? You were the one talking. Like, like you're talking about Shannon's relationship all the fucking time. Like, how are you? Like, I just, I don't get that. I, I, it's crazy to me. <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. Shannon goes, people in glass houses, what is it called? And, Shan- and Vicky goes, you throw stones at them. They shouldn't throw stones. Some, something something about stones. And then Shannon and Vicky just like look at each other like, okay, that's fine. Like, <laughs> Close enough. It, it, whatever. Yeah. Vicky's like, let's, uh, let's, you know, not, you know, the lesson is don't talk about people's relationships. We put that aside and we whoop it the fuck up. <laughs> and then I love that Vicky like yells whoop it the fuck up. And then she corrects herself and goes, oh, hell, hell up. <laughs> whoop the hell up. <laughs> it's like, okay, Vicky. You you know that they have censors on this show. You could just say fuck. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I think it was more. I don't think it was the censors. I think it was like her. Because remember, she's a Christian and she loves God. And like, like but she also like gets her tits out. And like, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. No, we don't do that anymore. We yeah. have to put out a good image. Yeah. Um, Emily and uh, Shane are taking their kids to this pumpkin patch. I love this scene so fucking much. This scene resonated with me on so many different levels because I've been these kids. <laughs> I, 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 w- I was these kids like just like, okay, yes, you know, like trucking along. Um, her son, like they're waiting for the, the trolley or the, the trolley, the, um, the hay bale or, or the hayride. hayride. And uh, her son says something about like, because they're like, oh yeah, that's a scarecrow, and says something about like Sam the scarecrow, who's like the, in the he's like it, it's in this movie, you know he doesn't kill you if you have a costume on or something, which I don't even know what that was like like, uh, but um, maybe it's uh trick or treat maybe I yeah no clue but Emily's like I don't oh, know we don't do horror movies oh Emily is immediately like okay well I don't like that did someone say that to you in school like that's not real. And then Shane goes, well, don't chastise him for it. Maybe just teach him so he doesn't feel scared. And her son, her son goes, I don't feel scared. And Shane goes, oh, okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but so then Emily's then, this is where Emily starts bringing up that kind of one, like, that she's good. And we've seen that she's been pretty good with Shane lately. But that one of the issues that they have is that Shane and her have very different parenting styles. And that she kind of feels like, and, uh, like Shane will check her in front of the kids sometimes. And she's like, it kind of makes me look like a jackass and it like takes away my authority when I'm like, you know, like, you know, I get that you're a jokester, but like, you know, not in front of the kids. And they show Annabelle, cause, like, uh, she's like, oh, Luke, go, you know, come over here. You're annoying Annabelle. And, and Annabelle's like talking about the, her two brothers, like, who's more annoying? And Shane goes, Mommy, sorry, you lose. <laughs> it's like, damn it, Shane. I think it's also because. Shane was a stay-at-home father for so long. Yeah. And so he's used to that being kind of his job and his duty. And so to pass that on to Emily, who is clearly struggling with certain aspects of it. Yeah. He's trying to help her and coach her through a moment that she does not seem to be super confident about. Right. And he's just doing it in a a way that is coming off as a little bit like 
Yeah, he says it later that like I meant it as support, not as contradiction. Right. Yeah, like you know, which but it I, it doesn't yeah, come yeah. off that way. Shane has a confessional where he talks about like you, you know I definitely have more patience with the kids, and Emily agrees. Like yeah, and he's like I'm guilty of probably giving them more grace and becoming the fun dad in those moments, and he's like, but like, do I want to be like the dick dad? No, like no one wants to be the dick dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Ryan. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Um, the dick pic dad who famously not just sent it to Heather Amin and his wife, but also his two adult children. Right. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> I mean, that is his biggest alibi at the end of the day. I, but it's I would be still scarred. Scarred. No. No. Abs- I, I would delete my phone. <laughs> my entire phone. It would get yeeted off of one of the many, many bridges here in Pittsburgh. And I would just <laughs> never have one again. It's, it'd be fine. They're, they're taking photos by like this scarecrow and Shane going, see that family smiling? Let's do that. <laughs> like, like joking. <laughs> Emily talks though about like, you know, I've never had these outings as a child. Like, like she yeah. talked about before how she was raised. So for her to have it with her kids, it's really monumental. And Shane grew up differently. So she, he might not understand understand that right i like how emily i mean it's out clearly after the fact in her confessional but like i like how clear-headed emily is mm-hmm. in all this like knowing why she is the way she is why shane is the way he is and like she's very like understanding in the sense that like she knows how to diagnose the problem this is what happens when you've had a lot of therapy yeah you can actually dig into your own shit and you're worried about your personal shit as opposed to trying to label everyone else that's the three therapy weaponizing therapizing language um after they take the photo shane's like did we look like we were having fun and emily like smacks him on the shoulder like yes we were having fun (laughs) we're having fun and then emily starts to tear up though like shane no no you're like you're making me upset and shane's like i'm not making you cry emily's like you are and emily's like or shane's like no it's the heat (laughs) (laughs) i get it because i also cry when it's too hot yeah like god damn it and then cry from my pores it's called sweat yeah awful uh annabelle's like mom he always makes jokes though it's fine and shane's like as they walk shane goes look it's a scarecrow oh it's just mom and emily turns around and it's like motherfucker like stop (laughs) uh it's so great uh tamra and jen go to this place earth bowl which is like one of those like it's like it's 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 like it's basically a cold zone creamery but for if you want to actually like be skinny (laughs) Uh, Jen's uh, and Tamara uh, sit down and, and Jen's like, yeah, it just feels like we just keep going back and forth and we get good and then we get bad. Tamara apologizes and, and says that, you know, I will take a complete blame of everything that's happened. It's my fault. She says that she starts tearing up and she says, like, my head's probably not been in a good place and I just took it out on you. You know, we've had cut closing. Eddie's grandmother's not doing well. Y- you know, it's a little yeah. caught. It's it's it's. It feels right in the moment, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. but it is kind of a cop out in a way because yeah. we know what Tamra's doing intentionally. But well, like, the thing is, is that Tamra likes to take accountability and then move on. Yeah, because then she doesn't actually have to atone for anything. She doesn't actually have to actually have accountability. And she does it quick enough to where it yep. almost like throws you off your game to where it's like, well, I can't really like engage with this more because like. Yeah, I'm like, not, I, look crazy. I am no longer allowed to be upset because you have apologized. Yeah. Like, 
and Tamara loves to do that. The second that she gets have have anything focused on her, she goes, I'm so sorry. I was drunk. Let's move on. Yeah. Tamara, her confessional, though, goes, I mean, I haven't changed my mind about anything with Ryan and Jen. But so at, that you're not sorry. So you're not really sorry. Anyways. But she goes, but at Nobu, it got really bad, and I was an asshole. <laughs> Uh, Tamara says she would love the opportunity to sit down with Ryan. And Jen's like, I think he would be so open to that at the end of the day. Um, Tamara had recommended inviting Jen and Ryan because uh, Shannon and uh, John had organized a date with Eddie and Tamara on their boat. And so they're going to just add Jen and Ryan to it. Um, you know, Tamara says that even though Ryan's made mistakes, I wouldn't, I shouldn't have said anything, which was kind of shady. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though your boyfriend's an asshole, like, you know, I should have brought it up. All of this is his fault, but I shouldn't have said anything about having a problem with it. Yeah. But Jen's like, you know, at the end of the day, I know you, Tamara, and I will always fight for our friendship and, you know, et cetera. And Tamara's like, and I'm no longer drinking tequila as well. And Jen goes, oh, smart. (laughs) We then see Heather go to lunch at Javier's with Mark Cuban of all people and uh, Fallon, who is, both of them are co-founders of this thing called Fireside. This was the most like, I, this scene was fine, but it was so product placement-y of this new venture Heather's a part of. And oh, like, like they might as well have been sitting there going, you know, I'm really, really happy that I have this brand new BMW and it's just really nice. And BMW and BMW. Oh, I love my BMW. It was like, yeah. oh my God, product placement. Stop. It was so weird. Like she, so she's doing stuff with this thing called Fireside, which I had never heard about. Mm-mm. And it, she's like, it's an interactive streaming app where like we make content, but then you can interact with us. I, I didn't understand this. Like, like Twitch? I guess. Like sort that of. seems like interact like live streaming, yeah. right? Where you have like a comment section and you can interact. She, she talked about it as if it was this like new technology that like no one has. And like, this seems odd. Like, this seems like is this a multi level marketing game? You mean live streaming? They've been doing that on QVC for decades. Yeah. Like you could call in and con- like conversate with them. <laughs> I do like Tamara and her confessional though. Going, do they put apps on IMDb? <laughs> that was funny. Um, we see Gina and Jen go shopping. Um, Gina talks about how she should in the next two months, get her real estate license. It's on track for that. Um, and she talks, you know, about that wanting to be her career. And then Jen talks about her yoga studio and how it kind of morphed into her career from being something that was just really a passion project. And so we see Gina and Jen starting to bond a little bit more. And Gina talks about like everything that, you know, the issue that we had, I had with Jen's marriage, everything after that we've had in common. So, which I'm like, duh, like, like, yeah. like not duh, but like, th- this is what we've been saying. Like, you just need to get to know her as a person. And you'll be fine. Like, well, and to be fair, like Gina had already acknowledged that, right? Like sure. she had acknowledged, this is something I need to work through. And then once we do, we'll be fine. Cause they're like, clearly like we connect otherwise. It's just that this felt like so in my face and I need to deal with that before I can move forward with you. Right. Jen says, tells her about what their, her conversation with Tamara and how things went well, but it's like, just like always feeling like the ball's about to drop in terms mm-hmm. of that. And Gina basically is like, you know, I'm kind of more on your side now because you're being attacked all the time in terms of this. You don't have to explain yourself at the end of the day. And it's basically, it's basically like, if it comes up again, I'm going to fight for you is essentially what Gina kind of says, which, okay. But I think she's more coming at it from a, it's nobody else's business 
yeah. like just butt out of it. She says in her confessional, it sounds like Jen hasn't done anything wrong to anyone other than herself, which she has paid for greatly. Which like that's the it's That's like, the point, Yolanda. Finally, Gina. Like Jesus Christ. Like this took how many episodes? Um yeah. Uh, Jen tells Gina about the triple date she's going on, says that she doesn't really know anything about Shannon and John's relationship, though. And Gina immediately goes, nobody talks about Shannon and John, but things that I do here are never that great. It's like... So nobody talks about it? But so you're doing you it right it? now! Where are you hearing it from? Like, like if, clearly, if you're hearing it, then people are talking. We'll get to it later, but it's just like... You can't... You're complaining about other people talking about... Shannon and John's relationship as you guys talk about Shannon and John's relationship on camera all the time, continually. But there's no like... See, I... Maybe this is the conspiracy theory part of my brain. I, I feel like Tamara, yeah, because it always comes back to Tamara, off screen has... Sat down, just chit-chatting, you know, shooting the breeze with Heather and Emily, right? Right. And the subject of John and Shannon has come up completely by chance. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, Heather has alluded to the fact that Shannon has talked to her about things, but gave no details. Right. Because... Heather actually does famously have a vault. Um, and then Emily has mentioned that that happened to Gina mm -hmm. because Emily and Gina, everything is shared between them. And now they are running with the idea that Heather, because if Heather had given her details, she would have told, Tamara would have told Sheena, or Sheena, <laughs> would have told uh, Shannon that she uh, mentioned that. Right. Like, she would have said, well, she mentioned details, but I don't want to talk about them right now. Exactly. But I also don't think, Heather, like, I don't, I don't think Heather said a damn thing. In the two years on this show that Heather's been on, I don't see her talking a lot about Shannon and John's relationship. Yeah. Like, at, I don't at, see it At all. Up. In the same way that Gina does. I mean, I... Last season, I remember at the reunion, Gina was kind of insinuating, like, like remember when like she Gina was, and I didn't like it at the time that Gina said this was like she was upset that John was so mad about Shannon and Gina's fight and that Gina the way that Gina had like said things to Shannon or whatever at that party mm -hmm. and that John was basically like that, that's not okay and was kind of like yelling about it to Shannon, not to anyone else. And Gina's like that was really aggressive. If he does that in front of a camera, what does he do? Like kind of implying that John could like be abusive yeah and i it's like that to me is way worse than anything heather's done yeah in these two years like i just i mean maybe i'm a heather stan i mean i i do admittedly really enjoy her but like i think there's a great consensus that heather's in the right here when you look online too and like people are like this feels like a heather takedown season it really does yeah. which is also part of the reason that i feel like she's making an exit and they're just kind of pushing her out. Yeah. I don't know. I I just go to Beverly Hills. Yeah. I think you would vibe there. <laughs> and Gina says at the end, like, you know, it's easy for people to talk about everyone else so they don't have to talk about themselves. Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> like. Welcome to reality television. I don't know if you've been here before. <laughs> right. 
Tamara, Heather, and Jen do like a boxing workout at this at this gym. I didn't catch the trainer's name, but he was f- really inappropriate. It's fine when it's Tamara because Tamara's also inappropriate. But yeah. like, because Tamara at one point goes, you know, older ladies they pee when they do jumping jacks, and trainer goes, can't wait to see it. What? And and like the like they're doing like you know routines or whatever and boxing and stuff like that and Tamara goes oh bummer at one point goes oh bummer I still wanted to go longer and the trainer goes that's what she said who are you no you don't you don't have the social capital to make those jokes here no um but they they finish their workout and they're just talking um Heather says that she's in escrow for their apartment in LA that they got um but that she's not moving completely out of Orange County um they show shots of it It, it's really gorgeous but i was like i don't know about like a high-rise apartment in la i yeah. to me it's i think more new york sure but like I, have you been to l you've not been to LA. i have not no i have been to la and i've actually been there and experienced an earthquake in like a taller building oh all of the buildings there are built on ball bearings so the buildings like do this slide thing nope but it makes it so that you actually feel the earthquake less. Okay. Because it kind of, like, equalizes it. Interesting. It's it's weird. Like, you can see things out the window waving, mm-hmm. like, moving. And it's it's real bonkers. It's it's hard to describe. Um, but it it's a safety thing. It keeps the buildings from falling. Yeah. Um, so... I can see why it would be unnerving to be up there, but I also feel like perhaps it could be a little bit safer. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It, it you know, where, where's an architect? <laughs> it's like, Heather says, I think of it like kind of like a, a pied de terre for me and Terry. And they're like, a what? Like, like you can't use words that aren't like, you know, that, that, that's a common. Is thing it? Everybody. I've never heard that. It's really. But I also never have heard what off gassing is, so that's okay. But that's Shannon craziness. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, pieter is like a common turn of phrase. Okay, yeah, well, I'll, I'll believe you. It, it, it's kind of like um, what Terry says later in the episode about the portachiere. Mm. It's 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 a tunnel, like a it's like the like the portico, like the like when you have like a a breezeway through to go to the back of the building from the front, but there's like building on both. You know what I'm talking about? Just say breezeway. But just, just say talk. <laughs> just the, the word is just say talk. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, um, Tamara brings up the double date um, that she and Eddie had with Shannon and John and Tamara goes, they seem super happy. And Heather goes, that's what I thought too. And then Tamara and her confessor goes, interesting Heather. Cause you told me the complete opposite but also aren't you saying the complete opposite of what you think? In- mm-hmm. Tamara's like, you know, Heather's clearly lying to me, so I want to test her and see how far she'll lie in this moment. And so it's, but it's like, way to show that like you're conniving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but also clearly they're setting her up. Yeah. And because in Heather's confessional, she's like, what are they talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She clearly doesn't know. And like, I love you, Heather. You're not good enough of an actress for me to believe that you don't know what they're talking Put about. Put that on here your IMDb. If, if um, you weren't like genuine here, right. like it's not like 
I, I'm not saying that to be shady. I'm just saying, like, look, I believe that you don't. I, I feel like I'd be able to see it if you were acting, if right. you were lying to us and you weren't. You came off as genuine. So, like, I I feel like this is some trumped up bullshit from, <laughs> from the Tamara camp. Oh, yeah. Tamara brings up Eddie asking them if they'll move in together. And Jen says, like, yeah, Shannon was like, you know, they were waiting for the kids to leave. Tamara's like, which I don't completely understand that. And Heather goes, why? Wouldn't it be easier if the kids were about to leave to wait? And Tamara goes, if there was a problem, sure. And Heather goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's such a leading question. Why move, like... Four people when you can move one people. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but Tamara being like, if there was a problem in the relationship, like 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 starting it, and then Heather goes, no, maybe just but to make it easier. And then like t- Heather in her confessional is like, I don't understand what Tamara's angle is. It's not like we sit around talking about Shannon's life all day. What do you want to know now? And why in front of Jen? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't. I don't get it. And Tamara? Heather, and Heather makes a good point of like, Tamara has a big mouth. If I had an opinion on Shannon, do you think I'm telling Tamara? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So true. So, so true. This is a Heather takedown. It's, I, it, yeah, I fully believe it. Um, Emily and Shannon go out, or Emily and Shannon, Emily and Shane uh, go out to dinner um, and <laughs> to this like Mexican restaurant. Um, and this is cute. Like, so they sort of broach the issues that Emily has been having. And she's like, it can be frustrating when, you know, I, we want to talk about real issues, but the funny kind of gets in the way, even though I love Shane for being so funny as he is. Um, you know, Emily's like, yeah, you kind of corrected me in front of the kids, you know, and stuff like that, that it, you know, it kind of minimizes my role and it makes, you know, you know, especially in that when it was such an important moment for me, like I, you know, it, I didn't want it minimized and Shane, is very apologetic and it's like, you know, I'll work, you know, I'll work on it, you know, making sure that I don't do those things in front of the kids and like supporting you in that regard. And I, he, I feel like he, I genuinely feel like he wants to fix it. And like, yeah, you know, and, I really love their relationship. It's really it's sweet. So, it's so healthy. Like there's so like good communication and like just, openness and willing to hear each other out and not have egos involved. Yeah. And Emily says like, I love Shane will always take ownership. Like it's not like he doesn't get indignant about, and he really doesn't like in the course of the show, even he doesn't get indignant necessarily about like, you know, I didn't do this or I'm blood. He's very much an active listener. I feel like the only time he really gets indignant is when somebody calls him a little bitch. Little bitch. Um, (laughs) We go to uh, Gina, who, who's with Travis at the house, and she's going to do, like, a practice run uh, of showing a house or whatever to, you know. This was funny. Like, baking cookies in the oven because you want the smell or whatever. Mm-hmm. We go to, like, a flashback of when she was talking with her real estate friends or whatever that have been helping her, and this guy, Dave Archuleta, who I mentioned it earlier. Um, I want to issue a formal apology to Sheree Whitfield um, for critiquing um, her plastic surgery on Real Housewives of Atlanta and how scary her confessional was because, oh, my God, this man. <laughs> he was plucked, tucked, and... and But, like, you mentioned, like, that Sheree looked too dewy. This was like he was, like... It was, it was like he came in from a rainstorm or something, and it was just, like, all... Drenched. Just drenched. It was, like... And and two like glossy and red. 
It's like you 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 can't put on the 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 high lacquer like when you're doing camera work. Like with you the don't lighting need to, and like you can't. You don't need to show a house after you've been like stung by bees. Like you don't. <laughs> you just don't. Um. Yeah. And it's cute. Like. <laughs> He did look like he it looked, it looked like it was a he bad really alert. Did. It looked like a really bad allergic reaction. Like it, it was, I, I mean, I thought that that's what Sheree looked like when we first saw her. Like, oh my god, uh, she looked better like in the some of the other shots because you know they do the yeah, multiple yeah, day yeah. filming in the same out, outfit. Like the makeup is clearly better done on different days, and it's definitely more matte on some days. Than that first time was was huh. yeah, but this like was a whole new level, and it's California. Yeah, it's like like there's no excuse for bad plastic surgery. Yeah, um, Gina, and it's a fun little moment. With Maybe Gina. he went to Tijuana and got it. There we go. Um, like she doesn't remember the price of the house, but like she does a decent enough job like showing it and everything. Um, we go to Shannon and John getting ready for the triple date. Um, by his like beach house thing. <laughs> Oh my God, Shannon! <laughs> he was Shannon. Like, is so is still so upset about Heather, and still so upset about Heather speaking about the relationship. So, like, she's sitting on the couch with John. Theoretically, sitting on the couch with John, and is fully like disassociating. Like, she's not even looking at John. <laughs> she's like, uh, like, <laughs> like, she's just like stare forward and don't. Maybe he won't see me, and maybe he won't ask questions, and maybe I won't. It literally looked like a soap opera. Yeah, <laughs> it was. So- so dramatic. <laughs> John's like, "How was the dinner with Vicky?" And Shannon goes, "It it was it was good. It, it, she she was she was funny." Thousand yard glare. John goes. John goes. We're. I mean, were there a lot of laughs? And Shannon goes, "Yeah, a lot of laughs. A lot of laughs." <laughs> it's like Shannon. <laughs> you need to. If you're good, I get it that you don't want to tell him in this moment, but like at least have a poker face. <laughs> like at least like. <laughs> but also like prepare him because you know that stuff's going to come up at this dinner sure possibly so i would at least go hey this is something be prepared yeah well so tamra comes and tamra and eddie come and tamra's like i'm nervous like you know it's the first time i'm seeing ryan i haven't seen him since like the cut party so like you know and so but they're briefing john on this part about the whole ryan stuff and john is like Shannon's like, did I tell you about this? And John's like, you told me very little. And Shannon goes, the penis picture. <laughs> and John goes, you did tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> the pe- pe- penis picture. Um, Eddie's, <laughs> we get an Eddie confessional, which I don't think we've ever gotten on OC. I don't think so. And he's like, I've, I think he may have come on with Tamara at one point, like in the same. In a joint one. In a joint one, but never by himself. Yeah. Eddie's like, you know, my friendship with Ryan has always been really at arm's length. I do really care about Jen. I see the train wreck, and it really is none of my business, but it is. Eddie was being a little messy bitch this episode. Eddie has always been a messy Look, you cannot be married to Tamara Judge. Yeah. And not be in it you gotta just know, as much as she is. You got to know how to play the game. Like, it was, especially later in the dinner, it was just like, I, again, I, I don't like the are you Peter or are you Patricia stuff, but like, Okay, and I think Tam. I think this was strategic on Tamra's part. Let Eddie do the fighting in this moment, right? Like in the point, like instead of confronting Ryan directly, because that's gonna be like you know a little more vicious. Like let Eddie kind of do your dirty work, right? I I think that was intentional on her part. 
uh, Jen and Ryan arrive and it's kind of awkward. <laughs> they're like, they're hugging like it's normal, but they're not saying anything like it's, you know, et cetera. And Ryan, I, Tamara critiques it later. Yeah. That jacket was like, again, I'm not, I don't know if Ryan cheated on Jen. I don't know if like, you know, any of the stuff about Ryan is valid. It may not be. It doesn't help that he's very much not my type. Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, like he's wearing this like jacket with just all these letter, these words on it, like written in like fake graffiti, like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but he's like, you know, saying like, oh, you guys, are, you're in blue. You're you look very nautical. Everyone's ready for the boat. And she, Shannon goes, <laughs> like very like like exasperated laugh of just like this is fucking awkward. <laughs> I wow. Like Shannon's getting ready to uh, uh, get the boat off. And tear and you shut up, you know, whatever, <laughs> dock it, what undock it, whatever. Um, <laughs> and it's very awkward. Like Jen and Ryan are on one side and Tamara and Eddie are on the other side. They're not talking. And Tamara just whispered, Eddie, he's not even looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then go to Her- uh, Heather and Terry's house. Um, Terry has the escrow papers for the LA uh, apartment. Uh, and, uh, well, because she had only said at this point we were in escrow for a place in LA. She had mentioned nothing about selling the LA, the OC mansion, right? Right. And but now she reveals that this, their realtor Josh Altman had come to them just like out of the blue and had just been like, "Hey, there's someone who wants to buy the house," and she's like, "I'm going to ask for like sixty five million, which yeah, it's a, for that size of house and with yeah. all the, um, you know, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. But that they were like, but it, we also had been thinking about it." For a long time. Terry talks about like, you know, 22,000 square feet is a lot for four people at the end of the day with two of the kids leaving. And Heather's like, you know, this house is really represents a job that I don't want anymore. Because it's like, yeah, she's like, I feel like the GM. I don't feel like. The, yeah. <laughs> the, even the producer's like, are you looking forward to living in a house where the staff doesn't outnumber the family? And she's like, yes. Like, I, I can't like, it's too much. It's like, which like. I get that. I get all her feelings, but I'm like, you should have thought about this. You knew your kids were going to college. Like you knew the timeline. You, you know what I mean? Like how you, how could you not plan for this? Yeah. But like also you etched glass with your frozen embryos in it. And you're not, you're only staying in this house for like what? Four or five years. Are you plucking the embryos out of the glass? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not in the glass, but they're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, I just cannot fathom. Oh, could you imagine? It'd be like baked embryos. And uh, that'd be so gross. <laughs> oh, this took a turn. Um, but no, no, no. Like, but like, I, I, I guess she's going to get a big return on the house. Like, like 65 million is a lot to get for that house and deserved. And she probably made a good chunk of coin off of it. But it's just like, I don't understand building that house and not staying in it for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. That's just me. Well, that's because you and I have, like, a low to normal amount of income. Yeah. So if we're going to bother to do something that extravagant, it's going to be perfect, and it's going to be permanent. Yeah. Like, for them, $65, or $65 million is like, eh, we'll build another one. It's right. fine. She's like, but she gets emotional. She's like, it signifies our next chapter as a family and as a couple. So like, and they have like a sweet moment. It's very sweet and sentimental. Um, 
the, the, we go back to the boat of the triple date. They drive past Nobu. <laughs> and Shannon goes, the scene of the crime. <laughs> and Eddie goes, who got killed? And Jen goes, me. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable for Jen. She goes, but then I got resurrected. I'm like Jesus himself. And I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Take that back. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was giving flashbacks of like, I'm a Vicky at Tamara's yeah. baptism. I was, I'm like, Jesus nailed to the cross. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara in her confessional is like trying, like talking about how awkward it is right now with her and Ryan. She's like, I'm not wanting to look at him, but I can't help it because he's always dressed so silly. Like, why does he have <laughs> leopard on his collar? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty out there. Mm. They end up sitting down for dinner, and so there's this awkward moment. Jen like gets her hair caught in like Ryan's ring because his hands like behind her back. And like they get caught or whatever. And Eddie's like, save the sex action for tonight. And I'm like, this is kind of a little hypocritical. This is a little bit of a double standard uh -huh. that you can, that Eddie and Ryan, cause Ryan says something later too, can like make these like sexual jokes. But like now it's, but like, when is it? It's the whole conversation. It's like, when is it joking? And when is it serious? When right. is it like something to like be offended by? When is it just playful banter? Right. Like, I, you know, Jen hit on that with the whole Tamara stuff. And it's like, this yeah. is kind of proving her point in a way. They bring out, they get these, they order appetizers. I'm t I told you, they bring out these like giant deviled eggs that are like, it's like if, if, you, if you like double stuffed a, a deviled egg, and I hate deviled eggs generally, but I was like, no, like you don't want that much. No. <laughs> I feel like Vicky <laughs> and on watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Eddie goes, but I can't see that big thing going in my mouth. And Ryan, <laughs> and Ryan goes, honey, tell him how to do it. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Ryan goes, you know, you've seen the picture. And then Jen goes, what picture? She goes, the dick pic. And then Tamara goes, you want to talk about the dick pic? Like, like to introduce in the conversation. And this was awesome. Like, Jen's like, Ryan. Jen was like, well, you introduced it as evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, uh, we have entered new evidence in the court. Um, Jen tells Ryan, like, yeah, if you'd like to. And Ryan goes, I mean, I have nothing. To, like, under his breath, because I have nothing to address. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm like, okay. And Jen's like, awkward silence. And I like what Jen said in her confessional, because she was almost saying this to Ryan as well, in, her, in a sense. In her confessional, she goes, is anyone going to address the elephant in the room? I've talked on Ryan's behalf until I'm blue in the face. Eddie and Ryan and Tamara need to figure this stuff out. I can't do it for them. Welcome to the war. Start talking. Yeah. Like, you guys, like, I'm not going to fucking do this anymore. It's like, I'm not the only one on this show. You've got a mic pack. Use it. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon, though, breaks the tension and asks John if he ever sent a dick pic. <laughs> and they just start cracking up. Shannon, in her confession, like, I have never hopped on the dick pic train. And then we hear a train whistle. <laughs> Good on the edit. That was great. Editor move. Um, Shannon and, and credit to Shannon and John. This was so perfect. Shannon and John both decide to go to the restroom at this point. Like, yeah, we're, yeah, no, we're not doing this. Bye. Like, so to just let them do their thing. Uh, Ryan starts and he's like, you know, I, I could cry right now. And I owe Eddie, you know, Eddie, I owe you an apology. And he's like, for what? <laughs> I didn't understand this either. I was like, what are you apologizing for? Because you go, I owe you an apology, and then proceed to, like, dress 
him down. Yeah. Well, he's like, because I care about you. And if someone, if something was told to me, even though I found out later, it was not true. It's just not cool. Like, then why, why are you apologizing? Right. Because you didn't do that. You know, she, he, Ryan goes, it's hard you know, just seeing Jen coming home upset and crying. And she goes, he goes, I'm feeling hurt. And I'll be honest, a bit betrayed by you, Tamara. <laughs> and he's, Eddie then starts and goes, you know, I was told, you know, Ryan, that you go after married women. And then a month later, I found out that you were with Jen. And so it's hard to not think that what I heard was true. And then Eddie, is, you know, is like, I really like you, Jen, and, and et cetera. But that's just what was difficult. You know, we were friends. And then, you know, I, Ryan comes into this picture and, it, you know, all that. And, and he's like, I want to just kind of address the rumors one by one. And it was very much like Eddie had a list. And it was just like, so let's go through the docket of everything that we need to talk about. Crime number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eddie asked Ryan if he ever cheated on his, uh, cheated on his wife. And Ryan goes, I did multiple times. So at least again, Ryan's copping to it. Yeah. Like I, I was a cheater. Um, and, and he goes, so that generally makes you a cheater. And I was like, okay, Eddie, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like, like, let, let's get this started. Um, Eddie asked if Eddie, and then asked if he said that he wanted to fuck Tamara to Heather. I mean, Ryan starts and goes, it's kind of, I don't know if it was editing. There's like a pause. And Ryan goes, you know what I will say? Absolutely. I did not. And then Ryan then says that Heather called him and said that, you know, they were all talking on the treadmill and that Tamara was like, oh, Ryan's hot. And they had a laugh and he basically like, well, Tamara's hot too. And then that was the full extent of it. And that Heather basically spun that as him walking into the gym and saying, I'm going to fuck her. So that's interesting. But then I also thought it was interesting. Shannon, her confessional, was like, I've actually known Heather, I mean, for years, and I don't, I haven't known her to be a liar. So I, that's, like, that makes it a little more interesting that Shannon kind of can not corroborate, but, like, sort of. Yeah, like, but Shannon's not the best judge of character. Fair. Fair point. Um, I, I think in this, but I, I think because of this dynamic, she's a little more objective because she has been advocating for Jen in this thing. So for her to say, it seems weird because I tr would typically trust Heather Amin. Well, sure. I figure that it was probably like, it was probably somewhere in between, right? Yeah. Where there was silly banter. Right. Right. And someone, you know, uh, Heather says something it basically happens exactly like um, Ryan Ryan said, but instead of just "oh, he's hot, she's hot," it was more of a "I'd fuck her," right? And then I can ex I can see a world where that gets extrapolated mm. to, but I feel like there's a large leap between saying "oh yeah, she's hot." Right. To, I'm going to fuck her. But like we said before, it goes to the talk of what is banter and what is serious. Right. Like, it's, like, that's, that's, it's murky. It's, it's, it can be really murky. Right. Um, Jen, though, reasserts in her confessional that she thinks Heather was in love with Ryan, and that's why this whole thing happened. Um, Eddie asked then if he ever cheated on Jen. And Ryan basically lays out this break thing, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, five months in, we basically said that, I basically said, like, it's too much. And we were apart for about four or five weeks, and I slept with someone then. And Tamara goes, I mean, 
if you're willing, if you're able to do it in that so quick in that four to five week period and then get back together, does that mean you really love her? And Ryan goes, definitely. And then Jen says in her confessional, and I think this is what we thought this last week, but Jen kind of confirms it. She goes, when we were on the break, were there rules around it? No. In my mind, if you're still communicating with me saying this sucks and I miss you, how the hell do you go sleep with someone? It felt like I was cheated on. Right. Which is valid to feel that way. Right. But you can't hold Ryan to a standard that you did not set. And I think she knows that. Like, I think that's the struggle. And I think, like, that's what she has had to tell herself, hence why there was that confusion. Like, hence why... But also, if she's... She also doesn't need to lie to herself and suppress that. If she feels cheated on... She should vocalize that to Ryan. Then she should vocalize that to Ryan, and she should, you know... Like, while she's not going to punish him for cheating because that's not fair, she also should not punish herself for not setting the standard beforehand. Exactly. And if she's not comfortable in this relationship, then she needs to get out of it. Yeah. Period. Even if he did nothing wrong. And to me, that's the the test. Like, if if she can bring that to him like you described, and if his reaction is like, well, you didn't set the standard, to me, that's the red flag to leave. Right. Because if he's not going to be empathetic in that moment and see the nuance and see, you know, try to like ration with someone and their feelings, even though he did nothing wrong, that's the key to the relationship, I feel. Right. And that's going to be the differential differentiating factor. And I can even understand a situation where he says, you know, I understand that I understand why you feel that way. And it really breaks my heart that you feel that way. And I, I'm so sorry that that hurt you in that moment. Yeah. This is where my brain was. And this is why I didn't realize it would be an issue. Because mm-hmm. that's explaining and not making an excuse. Right. I feel like there is a difference there. And I feel like you have to explain in order for you to understand each other. But he... There, you have to not make the excuse. It has to be a, I'm not at fault. You can't be mad at me. Yeah. It has to instead be, I understand why you're upset. This is where I was at. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and he's like, you know, we were just, I'm just asking these things so we can get over it and move past it. And Tamara goes, so we can never have to talk about this again? And Jen's like, please, <laughs> dear God. Uh, Tamara's like, what's next for them? Like, lays up, like, you know, ma- engagement, marriage. And he's like, yeah, all of that. You know, we will, I think we will get married eventually. And Tamara's like, well, you gotta get divorced first. <laughs> and Jen's like, yeah, that's true. Tamara in her confessional is like, yeah, I'm not gonna be holding my breath. I might not even be invited to the wedding. <laughs> and then later says, might be hard for Jen to find bridesmaids to her wedding that Ryan hasn't fucked yet. Wow. Well, he hasn't fucked anybody else on this cast. So there you go. Those, those are your five. Yeah. Also, it's not even like, it's it's not like this is the only time this is ha- like literally um jersey oh oh margaret no, no this is happening right now with them being together and not divorced oh dolores dolores, dolores. yes dolores and uh, uh polly polly polly's still married yeah like, they're working on getting that divorce, just like Ryan is working on getting divorced from his... Oh, no, or no not Ryan. Jen, Jen is worrying, or working on getting that divorce from her ex. So, like, yeah. Like, it's not unheard of in the Housewives universe. It's not even unheard of in normal, everyday universe. Right. It's just, stop 
like making people feel shitty about it. Yeah. Divorces take time, as we have seen. <laughs> but that was the episode of Orange County for this week. Again, really hitting on all cylinders. Uh, we got the mid-season trailer, which looks exciting and really fun. It's mm-hmm. even more, like, just so many accusations and a lot. Of, uh, Emily, I thought, was the star of the trailer. Like, I feel like this is her season. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like she's really coming to her own as, like, the main star. So, yeah, excited to see how uh, that shakes up. All right, let's get talking about these tops and bottoms for the week. We got Atlanta, we got New York, we got Orange County. What you thinking, babe? Um, my bottom, I'll start with. Uh, I'm giving it to Courtney. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, she's not the star you got. I mean, I think part of the like what I was saying, like people being like work Courtney was a lot of people all being down on the season of Atlanta, looking for something. Yeah. But when you pick it apart, it's not there. I'm sorry. Like it's uh, it's giving desperate. It's giving clown. It's giving. Um, yeah, it's giving a lot, and I think like, <laughs> it's while not giving anything. <laughs> yeah, at least like, at least like, I, as much as we've shit on Marla this season for like the candy and her nephew thing, at least she weaved a narrative enough to like, oh yeah, make it make somewhat sense. Not sense, but like we can get like you we can get the story out of it. Candy, er, Courtney is just starting fights over nothing. Yeah. And making it like the biggest fucking deal. And it just makes her look also more like a lap dog. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's 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 not giving what she thinks it gives. I'll say that. Um, my top for the week, I'm actually gonna give it to another friend of across the um diaspora. Um, I'm gonna give it to Vicky. Ooh. Is Vicky wasn't in this episode a lot, but the little she was, like, was the funniest thing I've seen this year in terms yeah. of like she's just so good. Like I I and she's very divisive in the housewives realm, and I understand why. But like, she, she's very underappreciated, and I think like that and her on Watch What Happens Live, I had never laughed harder in my fucking life. Like it's so. Well, the four shots of tequila in two minutes didn't didn't make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just really, really great stuff from her. I I'm so pumped to see what she does the rest of the season, and like, I I think it was a mistake getting rid of her. Like, like that really was, I think, a, I mean, like, you know, was it going to be perfect? No, but I think like she is such this comedic, she's this character. She's a full yeah. character that is so um, refreshing on that show that when you lose it, it, it strips a little bit of its like I, edge. I will say that I think she needed the reality check. Sure. She, her ego Same had gotten to camera. A, her ego had gotten a little bit big. So she needed the reality check, and she needed the hold up, bitch. Mm-hmm. This is not your show. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. But once now that she's back, it's like yeah, yeah. What about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, I'm gonna start with my bottom, um, and that is gonna be Jessel. Mm. Um, I just I felt like she was just so oblivious to how rude she was being this episode, and it just. It it really did suck the air out of the room. Like there was it was so awkward to watch and it really um it really made me like feel really bad for Jenna. Yeah. Well, and not just Jenna, Aaron too, because she was shitting on Aaron too. Yeah. And um but 
on the flip side of that, I think my pos- my um, positive person, my top for the week, is going to be Jenna. Yeah. Because she took that shit in stride. And even though she felt uncomfortable, she stood up for herself. Um, not just with the with the Jessel thing, but also like getting like attacked for leaving so that she could get some fucking sleep. And she wasn't a wallflower about it. Like Yeah, she was like, now hold on. This this is what I needed. Y'all were having a good time, which you have every right to do, but I need to protect my peace. Yeah. And I wasn't gonna try to make you feel bad about it. So I'm not I'm not going to apologize for that. Like she does apologize for not vocalizing that, but like like she stood up for herself yeah. and she like really is just, and I, I don't want this podcast to turn into, you know, the Tism watch, but like, that's basically what it is because I'm finding so much in Jenna that I'm relating to, mm-hmm. um, so much in, you know, her quirks and her neurodivergence that I really just identify with in a way that I haven't seen a lot of from housewives over the years. Yeah. Um, so it's really refreshing and it's really nice to see, um, neurodivergent people celebrated, even if they aren't being labeled as such, she is still representation. Right. Because I, I guarantee you other people, um, either, you know, other forms of neurodivergence or autism specifically can see parts of themselves in her and feel represented and they feel and and it's such an unrepresented yeah. group on housewives. Well, in media in general, yeah. so, like so many times we get the image of autism as the young boy that's a savant mm-hmm. and like extremely socially awkward and all of that stuff, right? We never get someone who is a successful adult who is out there doing the damn thing and who is out there like finding ways to succeed with their disability. Right. And um I just I find it um beautiful and and not just as um neurodivergent representation but also queer representation because um, and I talked about this with um, somebody uh, in like a TikTok comment somewhere. Nobody's going to be able to find it because it's hard to find. Um, but like there, there was like the the difference between um, something being quote unquote gay mm. and something being quote unquote queer. Yeah, I feel as when something is shown to be quote unquote gay in media it's usually just a box getting checked, right? It's, oh, well, see, we represented the gay people. It's a quota. It's a quota, right? There's never really any true, genuine representation. There's no, um, when I think of something being gay, I think of something as, um, well, it's the difference between the movie Bros Mm-hmm. And the movie Fire Island. Yeah, sure. Bros is very gay. There's lots of gay things there. It's mostly stereotypes. And there's some But funny, done intentionally. But it's done intentionally. It's funny. It's meant to be tongue in cheek. But like 
just looking at the surface of it, it's very gay. It's not very queer. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fire Island digs into a lot. Yeah, there's stereotypes there, but nobody knows about Fire Island unless you're actually queer. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of digging into like the culture, like queer culture there. There's that's representation. That's actual representation of queer culture on on screen. Right. And I feel like Jenna Lyons ticks that box. She's queer representation. She's talking about the female gaze versus the male gaze. Yeah. She's talking about, you know, struggling with, like, getting outed in the public eye. Mm-hmm. She's talking. And th- this is only in three episodes. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so excited to see so much more of her and her story and her representing our community and two of the communities I'm a part of so beautifully well on screen. Um, It's high time that we have it, and I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.